This video is brought to you by channel partner, four years running, Squarespace. Stick around to learn more about them, as well as a special offer they're making available through my channel. I mean, I would say all is, of is the Harry I'm Potter just... movies are shit. I agree. I think they're so I boring. They're Nothing terrible. happens in them. They're, they're so, so boring. Bad. Like the but worst then, thing about know. those movies is they retroactively enlighten you into how shit the books also kind of were, <laughs> which was a bad part of it. Like I, 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 I really I enjoyed those books. books. Then I watched the movies so. and I was like, these are terrible. Why are why are they so bad compared to the books? And I read one of the books and I was like, oh no, they're, they're the same. The thing is as well, my, so I was, connection I was a huge Harry Potter fan. This is going to be a thing. Oh. Are you guys talking, were you talking about Animorphs? <laughs> yes. No, 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 that's incorrect. There's not, there's not a bad word that can be said about Animorphs. Thank you. <laughs> My man. Uh, welcome everyone to Friends for Second, the foremost Animorphs podcast, apparently. Uh, we are, we're all back from traveling, back in our homes, missing each other dearly, but we will always have this. We'll always have our bi-weekly, fortnightly Google Meet. Uh, sure. I'm Lucy James, joined by uh, Jake Baldino. Hello. Hello. Uh, Ralph, aka Skill Up. What's up? And who's this? It's me, Gerard. Special guest. A new special guest. Gerard, when he shaved, looks like this. Can you believe it? I'm I'm a a dollar store short Gerard. That's what they call me. Uh, the half. Com- what would what would like what would be Inc- play? The, I'm the incompletionist. The incompletionist. Our podcast gremlin, yes. uh, Tam. Thank you so much. Uh, because Gerard can't be here today, so thank you so much for hopping in. It's been, you know, it feels like yeah, it's been, I'm still sorry. trying to come. It's been a while. Oh, it's been a while. I'm still coming up for air after Summer Game Fest. To be honest, uh, what about you guys? Yeah, well, I mean, like, had to fly back, and that was, like, obviously fun, like, 15 mm. or 16 hours on the plane, and then basically had to smash Final Fantasy after that, and then after that had to get smashed by Reddit and Twitter for a week, so that was also <laughs> yeah. really fun. So I've had a really great uh, Fortnite, actually. It's been, it's Are been you been playing Fortnite? Sick. Okay. <laughs> I actually re-downloaded Fortnite again. I do this on occasion. Does anyone else do this? Just, like, re-download Fortnite because you feel like you should be playing it because there's just so much interesting shit going on there. You know what, Ralph? And then you play it and you're nope. like, actually, no. <laughs> I don't like this. I really wish I liked this, but I just I don't like it, unfortunately. I, I have a good time with Fortnite, especially with no build. Yeah, sure. Because, you know, I don't have the dexterity of a five-year-old child <laughs> who can just build walls up around me while I'm blinking. But nice. I, I dip in every so often, but like every time I see that, it's, it's so overwhelming. When you go on, if I can't figure out immediately how to start a specific kind of match because I'm getting lost in fucking Battle Pass menus, sure, that's you. where I am with yeah. Fortnite. I guess I you. Like but then just... you see Geralt flossing, so... <laughs> I yeah. like to just never touch it and just imagine it in my head how it is because I just see clips and stuff like yes. Go Gohan AR fifteening uh, like Morpheus or something yes. <laughs> or like Captain America. That's it's it. Ridiculous. I, I see those clips and I like I should be that Goku right now having all that fun, but then I'd play it and I'm like, oh, okay. I think it's, no, it's, it's, not it's worth checking out, Jake. I don't know if you've played it. Have you played Spider Man in it? No. It's, I saw he's got some ropes. Like he actually, he, yeah, excuse me, he, not ropes. Uh, well, ropes. Disgusting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Peter Parker shooting ropes. Um, oh my God. Um, yeah, it's it's actually, it's worth installing and playing a Spider-Man just to see, I don't know if he's still in there, but like see their take on the swinging mechanics, which are pretty good. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're really quite yeah, good, yeah. Say those. The fact yeah. that they even did that is crazy. And the fact that they do that with certain characters, they do throw in cool stuff because like they don't have to. They could just do a skin. But yeah. I, I like that. I like that I they mean, do they've more. got a trillion dollars and all the developers yeah. on in North yeah. Carolina or wherever the hell they have. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the big news, obviously. So we'll get, there's a lot of topics to touch on today. We've done our Fortnite catch-up. Uh, FTC... We've had a Nintendo Direct. Mm. Final Fantasy 16 came out. Overwatch. Be overwatching. <laughs> <laughs> Some issues there. Uh, so the, we've got a packed show. Uh, I know we're not going to go into FTC stuff too deeply because um, with the exception of Tam, none of us have a law degree. Um, Tam has a law degree? Hell yeah, yeah, buddy. Yeah, wow. does. Absolutely incredible, yeah. really. So, mm-hmm. wait, hang on. How did you get from I'm yeah, going to study law to I'm going to play video games for a living? <laughs> well, and talk uh, let about me tell you the, the exact moment where I realized that I had made a not exact moment, but I realized I had made a terrible mistake that I needed to immediately pull up from. It was when uh, an hour before my uh, one of my law exams, I believe it was my taught law exam. I was in the university. I get everywhere I go. I, I get there an hour early because I'm like so anxious about le- being late to stuff. Lisa can tell you this. I go everywhere mad early. Um, it's frustrating sharing a cab with him to the airport. Yep. <laughs> Remember that time oh, no. we turned up like six hours early? Oh, no, Dad. <laughs> listen, listen. Sometimes well, some of us get randomly selected for checks, okay? <laughs> um, I was in the... And you know what I thought? I thought, how am I going to waste this time? How am I going to get there? I'm getting nervous. So I sat in the toilet while uh, at the uh, university playing Phoenix Wright. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I do have an interest in law, but it's not in practicing law. It's in playing this video game. Maybe I should <laughs> oh double down in this, <laughs> on this. So, yeah. Wow, that's wild. That's incredible. Play, uh, yeah, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, I actually played Ghost Trick, but we'll come back to that later. Banger. Um, and my, my comment was, though, that you are the second person I know that has a law degree in this space. The other one is Muselk, the you know, the Overwatch mm. turned Fortnite. What? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. left a law degree to, um, to do content creation. Wow. Good for him. Good old Muscle K. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's Damn. right. That's it. So, um, yeah, man. That's, See ya. That's wild. So if we ever have any legal troubles, we'll hit you up. Hit me up. Tam signs all our NDAs because he has read to every read them single and one of those just yeah, to make sure that there's no. There was one NDA which I read. I won't say who who did it, but generally NDAs oh. are fairly like um, templated, where they have the mm-hmm. same language. Generally, the things I'm looking for like is exclusionary mm-hmm. stuff, where it's like most of them are like, "Hey, if you if you uh, you know reveal this information, we're going to be very upset." However, mm. if you're able to develop this information on your own or are told by a third party, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that's what I'm looking for to make sure it's in there. Mm-hmm. That's generally what. I'm looking for and, and there's usually some language about like a uh, kind of like recompense and that kind of stuff but it's usually just like hey we're going to be real mad and there's going to be some legal actions there's a couple I th- one time someone tried it where it was like if you fuck fuck this up we're going to charge you two million dollars <laughs> and sure. I was like oh I know who that I, is I sent it back yeah. I was like no you're not <laughs> and they were like uh yeah. I was like, okay yeah I forgot yeah. about that uh but yeah so the FTC uh court case with microsoft uh regarding the acquisition of activision blizzard is ongoing uh we're recording this on the wednesday for context we're not going to delve into it too deeply because like i said we're not legal experts but there have been some juicy tidbits coming out of it it has been wild to see on that first day um was it the first day where tam was in there (laughs) yes (laughs) 
Oh, you were no, no, no. complaining excited, about right? a game coverage of something? They? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Tam was fully in there. They, what? they, they used me they as evidence. They played a clip of him. Yeah. <laughs> Saying what? What was the clip? It was a interview uh, or an examination of Pete Hines. And they were like um, going through and kind of like poking holes in why things are exclusive and the history of Bethesda's exclusivity. And sure. that kind of stuff and like trying to figure out why they make games like that and trying to, you know, build out a case for themselves. And at one point they were like, so we have this interview with a Tamor Hussein. And they like play <laughs> the lawyer interview. Tamor Hussein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they play yeah. like chunks of that interview and he has to respond to it. And I just got loads of messages. I was like in the toilet. I'm always in the toilet when legal stuff is happening. <laughs> yeah, what is happening here? <laughs> I was, it was in the office. You've I was heard like, of the Lincoln lawyer. Now it's you've heard, welcome the toilet lawyer. This is the Lincoln lawyer. Please step into my office. It smells fine. Oh my God. But like I just came out Case and I was like. dismissed. Flush sound. <laughs> I came out and I was getting loads of messages being like, uh, are you seeing this? And I was like, well, what's going on? And yeah, Rebecca Valentine was on the ground. was like, uh, they're playing you in the courtroom. Like, Fantastic. Hopefully, I can use That's that for great. my visa. Love yeah. it, love it, love it, love it. But that was wild though, because that little bit there was Pete Hines was basically being put on the spot because there were all these internal oh. emails. Because Pete Hines is like a head honcho at Bethesda, he's probably like their number what two or three man, depending on how you slice it. And yeah. uh, he basically was emailing around, being like, "You guys have said that Call of Duty will not be exclusive." But you're making everything Bethesda exclusive. Have you? Did anyone at Xbox think to give us a heads up about this? Because Todd is about yeah. to go to Dice, and you don't think some journalist is going to press him and ask him why COD is going to be multi-platform, but the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield will not be. <laughs> and when I read like- that, it reminded <laughs> me ex- like the energy was. Tony Stark built this in a cave. Box of scraps. It was uh, it was very crotchety, and we yeah. didn't get to see the response that he got. But it was an interesting call out. But it's like it's good on him, I guess, for like calling out that bullshit and that inconsistency. Yeah. Because you know Microsoft is definitely trying to have it both ways. I mean, I understand why they're trying to have it both ways in the sense that exclusives are still part of how this industry works. I mean, look at Final Fantasy. You know, you saw so many people rushing out to buy a PS5 because they really wanted to experience that game. And mm. that's what that's how this industry works. And mm. like Satya Nadella, even just today in his testimony, yeah. was like, I don't like exclusives. I, I wish they didn't exist. I don't want exclusives. He's yeah. like, if it was up to me, I, we wouldn't have any exclusives at all. But this is the way the ecosystem works. And it's like, it is. And so you can understand why Phil Spencer might want to put, you know, as many games as he can as exclusive to try and find a place for Xbox, whatever. But you can also understand why Bethesda is going to be like, well, hang on a second. What's up with this? Yeah. Why are you not doing that for COD, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's wild. My it's very There's been a bunch of other stuff in there, like Elder Scrolls Six at least five years away. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a surprise to anyone, no, given the not. scope of Starfield, but, you know... I think the fun, the more fun thing, especially obviously being friends and colleagues with Jeff Grubb, is uh, the list of potential acquisitions that Xbox was looking into. So you had Sega, Square Enix, and of course Bungie. And yes. so as soon as when that came out, Grubb was like, where is the tweet from Pete Parsons, like head of Bungie, saying that I was categorically false or <laughs> something? Sure. It's like, yeah, well, of course they're going to look at stuff like that. Of like. 
Yeah, I mean, Sony's like, probably got their own little dirty list of acquisitions they want to make. These companies are always looking at acquisitions, like nonstop. It is like right now they're probably still looking at more acquisitions. That's how it mm. works. So it's not a surprise at all. Mm. They're they looking have at like whole departments just running the mass, just yeah. just in case all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, nope. My favorite thing to come out of this. Have you seen the um, Sony? A document where they redacted a bunch yes. of information. Oh, and oh yes. my god! If you just look at it, you can so clearly see funny. the information. It's incredible. <laughs> no, it's... no, just to be super clear, what this is, right? Because you wouldn't believe this until you saw it yourself. Imagine yeah. a document, a piece of paper, and someone has gone over it with a pen to try and redact certain stuff, but the pen they've used is not dark enough so you can still <laughs> see through the black thing and you can read the words underneath and they still scanned and uploaded and submitted these documents as evidence yeah. and so that's how we now know that last of us was had about a 200 million dollar budget last of us two and horizon uh forbidden west had about a 220 million dollar budget those info that information was all secret before but now it's just incredible. out there today the court has now uh pulled all evidence to be reviewed to make sure none of this other this person with this magic pen hasn't gone through and like God. done other stuff like you know freaking phil spencer saying you know jim ryan is a doo-doo poo-poo head or something and it's just <laughs> blocked out i hope that person Forward, was in charge of redacting that line but um <laughs> But man, that's crazy. And uh, but again, not super, not super surprising to see no. that number either. We know that AAA budgets are just so massive now. We know the lead times on them. Matt Booty said recently that we just need to get used to the idea that big AAA games have like a five year mm -hmm. dev time, and that a single failure can sink a studio. And it's true. Like it's you know if you're betting two hundred million dollars and five years of your time, I mean, yeah, and then flops. You don't really get to do that again unless you've got a really no. big underwriter willing to back you. Because if you like, look at, for example, um, uh, Luminous uh, with um, oh, with Forspoken, with Forspoken, yeah, and before that, Final Fantasy. Now, Final Fantasy fifteen obviously was carried by the, by its name, mm -hmm. but even that was still quite critically like you know people really shat on that after a while. But I mean, obviously, Forspoken was that straw that broke the camel's back. A lot of money spent on that. Uh, big flop and then they just get shuttered and they get folded into the rest of Square Enix. So, yeah, yeah man, it's um, very high stakes at this Yeah, I mean, the, town. the, the Luminos one is kind of interesting. Well, I think that we're seeing how vital it is to be able to double dip on your development effort and try yeah, to make true, the true. most of mm. what... Because, like, the, the Forspoken stuff is definitely... It was not good. But there are clearly things in there that are in Final Fantasy. Like you can see there's elements of sure. it that have carried over. The interesting thing with Last of Us currently is all that effort put into Last of Us Part 2 hasn't reappeared anywhere else yet. Um, I imagine it's going to in some fashion appear in whatever that multiplayer game is or whatever their next game is is going to be very similar. So mm. these, these like the weird thing is like these bets are getting much, much bigger and mm. Almost in every way, it feels like there's going to be some sort of implosion and, or there's going to be some sort of negative kind of, not negative, but like it could be treated as negative kind of repercussion of it where games, they stop making, taking major risks from game to game. And then you get one major game that's something completely different. And then you get various iterations on that game or like reused assets of that game. It kind of reminds me of like Crash Team Rumble, where it's like we played Crash Team Rumble the other day and we were like, they are just using these assets in a new way. <laughs> and it's like, fair play. It's, it's, it's interesting, but like, yeah. that's, that's on a game that probably doesn't cost as much as either 
uh, Forspoken or The Last of Us Part Two cost mm. to make. So as I just no, see that know. happening way and yeah. way more in the future. So I think that's something we probably should start getting used to. Yeah, God. but I, yeah, sorry, yeah. Gillis. No, I was just about to say that I played Crash Team Rumble with you last week and it has already left my memory <laughs> of a game that I have Left played. my memory and my hard drive. It's yes. Although, turns out I was actually very good at it. Well, so Don't you I hate was, when that happens? I always end up yeah. being good at the games that don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Top score. I reckon you'd be pretty good at Tony Hawk though, man. I reckon you put that time into it. Like, you know, I reckon you can, yeah. you know. So like some Sadly, a game that doesn't matter. I hate to see it. Well, Unfortunately, wow. yeah, that's the thing. Not anymore. I, I can't find party. Not it's anymore. not like a. It's not like a smash tournament. You know, you can't go to like yeah, a local true. cafe and find people. Hey, what are you guys doing? Tony Hawk tournament. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool though. I reckon if you built a Tony Hawk to- tournament at like a local cafe somewhere in some like cool little like suburb, yeah. people would, people would come. I reckon there's, it would work. If you build it, they will. There's come. a yeah, yeah. business to be had in that, like one-off tournaments for games yep. that you wouldn't ordinarily like assume would have a tournament like oh we're gonna do a def jam fight for new york tournament it's gonna be one day it's gonna be weirdly super produced and it's gonna be dj'd by funk master flex yeah funk master flex is gonna be there a few of the actual def jam artists will be there and you can pay your way in have a concert play the game and be done i bet you could nope uh, we have like this thing in sydney now called like fortress i don't know if you have anything like this it's a big Mm. purpose-built gamer complex and it's like a restaurant or cafe or bar uh, uh, and bar and it has like a proper esports kind of like setup thing if you want to have like a little small tournament there i haven't actually been before but i've heard it's good like it's a good place so isn't that what they turned the luxor into in vegas so there's there's Uh, a the the casino the the pyramid one the one that was sinking um they turned that into a big esports thing i don't know that's similar yeah it's like hyperx and just like esports it's also sinking sinking exactly right crazy yeah actually the one time i went into the luxor um (laughs) it's just loads of buckets on the floor because it was um leaking oh my god (laughs) they were they were like gamer centers like that in in london a lot like remember trocaderos they changed like one of the yeah. back sides of it into i was working at hmv at that time and they turned it into like an esports cafe and it did pretty well but mm. yeah i don't know about that but yeah that would be cool the um pivoting back to uh, the old mate jim and phil's little stoush uh i think one of the more i love interesting... that they're called jim and phil uh, jim and they phil. sound like <laughs> characters from fucking eastenders yeah, oh it's go. jim and phil that's right that's right <laughs> just hanging out uh but you know jim could be from eastenders i guess you know it's it's it's, it's, it's he's not home. he's from it's the northeast yeah okay whatever it's his homeland okay we're not gonna subdivide <laughs> it that much okay whatever it's all part of the same you get people from fine. outside of london coming in remember there you there's go, lots see? of irish people remember me Scottish people <laughs> Uh, apparently they're bringing neighbors back as well i heard this from they are Rich. Yes, is toby gonna be in it still uh, i have i don't fucking know. i feel I like he's the nick fury I think of Kylie's neighbors gonna be in. <laughs> like, he just will not go away <laughs> we are the worst with segues today let's focus okay there's a court <laughs> Sorry, case going FTC, on with the ftc we're Phil. not here to talk about neighbors okay and one of the things i wanted to say was that uh it was funny it was revealed actually that there was talk that starfield might be a ps5 exclusive at some point that mm. Call of Duty might also be a PS5 exclusive because Bobby Kotick had threatened to remove COD from Xbox unless Xbox gave them a better revenue share deal. And so 
all of this time, I think we've been worried about, or the discourse has been about whether or not Xbox would make all these games exclusive when there was clearly a plan for PlayStation to make all of these games exclusive by some other means. So I guess Mm -hmm. my question is, has any of this changed your perspective on whether or not this acquisition should go through? Are you still like, eh, it's the corporations, fuck them, let them fight? Or are you like, actually, I think it might be good for this to happen because it makes Xbox more competitive when they've had a last place finish for a long time now? Or are you like, no, it absolutely should not happen because consolidation of the games industry or whatever? Like, where do you guys land on this at this point? I'm at the uh, the one where you said fuck them, let them fight, let the corporations <laughs> right, I fight. Yeah. I think for me is it's been it going on for so long now that I've lost sight of like what the point of any of this even is. <laughs> Maybe it's just because I'm so online, like following the news, but it just seems so like whatever now. And now hearing like yeah. the corporations essentially publicly are saying one thing, and then. Through emails and through documents, they're discussing other plans and other ways. So it's like there's a lot of he said, she said. That's things that they're deliberately saying for like public posturing that just makes it all the all the more muddled and makes me kind of care even less. Yeah, I'm yeah. already anticipating the gritty social network movie or oh, yeah. limited TV <sighs> show of this. You know, like. Oh yeah. Who would you cast? Yeah. Oh man, who would you Daniel cast? Daniel Radcliffe. We were talking about, we were talking about this the other day. All right, I got a wild um, one out of left field. All right, here we go. go. On. Do you guys watch Adam Sandler movies like the older ones? Yeah. Uh, you remember say Rob Schneider as Phil Spencer? No, no. <laughs> There's one guy, one of like the Adam Sandler friends that always shows up. Hey, the one who talks like this, he looks <laughs> just yep. like Phil Spencer. Yep, yep. I know what you're oh! talking about. Yep, yep. And yep, sure. he should play Phil yep. Spencer. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. I reckon uh, get Liam Neeson as Jim Ryan. Come on, tell me that wouldn't work. <laughs> I will tell me that you. wouldn't work. I have a very ridiculous set of skills. It's ruining <laughs> acquisition. I have sent a specific set of emails. Yeah, that's right, exactly. I, think, I, think, I will redact the information. <laughs> I think this is interesting because very badly. I felt very like I was intrigued by this whole thing to begin with because it is one. There's there's like arguments to be made for both sides, right? Like you could say, oh, Microsoft is doing this uh, to be competitive, which is true. And at the same time, it does have an, you could make the argument that it is almost anti-consumer. And despite the kind of, uh, protestations of like Phil Spencer who's like I'm gonna make sure that it's cool for ages there is still probably somewhere a piece of paper that says we're gonna be cool for 10 years but after that fuck them mm-hmm. all which is likely at the same time you know you get Jim Ryan and Sony being like we feel this is x y and z is bad for the industry but and, and that makes it seem quite altruistic and like we care about the industry Deep down, they don't give a shit. They're just worried about their own bottom line and how this acquisition Mm -hmm. affects them. So ultimately, they are just two corporations fighting. Let them fight either way at the end of the day. Like, it's going to be the same outcome. These corporations will keep getting money and growing and that kind of stuff. The thing that really frustrates me and has been frustrating as someone who's been, like, watching it and reporting it is how this whole situation has just supercharged the fanboy wars lately. Which is just, it's been infuriating. And like, (laughs) I've been, I've never been more embarrassed to be someone who's been interested in video games than I have been in the last few days or last few weeks with this stuff happening. One, because of the way that reporters are being treated by 
by the general audience yes. when they tweet mm-hmm. about what's happening. They state fact or whatever yes. they said, I and they just that. get the absolute shit munchers from this industry <laughs> just coming up and being like, X-Y. I, I watched a few streams, and one of them that I tuned into just happened to be like a channel that I was like live, what's here? It was one of two channels I hit it. And I was listening to it while walking around. It's actually like in Westfield, I was buying some shoes and I was listening at the same time. And also like, it's so patently clear that no one has any understanding of what's being said, especially on these like amateur streams of just gamers doing like, because this every time this person, like uh, someone, a, a lawyer or the FTC will be like, can I direct your attention to exhibit for a B? Whoever's on the stream would go, oh, they got him. They got him. It's like, what are you talking about? He just said, look at this exhibit. You don't know what's going to happen. And it, like clockwork. Oh, and then on case the, closed. Yeah, they'll be like, oh. Case and then they'll be like, oh, what he's saying is this. And then the crony would be like, yeah, I know. I know. He's got him. He's got him. And then the flip side, an Xbox person will be like doing the same thing. And it's just like, oh, God, I wish this, in this industry fans were a little more. They could put their egos aside and just be like, we don't understand this. We're just going to try and figure this sure. out with you guys. Yeah. And that's been like the most infuriating part of it. And I think that's really what pushed me to the point where I'm like, let them fight and just let right. it be over with. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm tired of the weirdos in this industry being so prevalent <laughs> and attacking people who are just trying to report what's happening. Mm. But the thing is as well, it's like, this is just the injunction. Yeah. Mm. This this thing is nowhere near over, oh. and so we've got months more of this news cycle, months more of this kind of annoying back and forth. So I'm I'm team let them fight, but yep. you know just get, yeah, over, get I, over with. Get over I, with. I, I um I feel like I am ultimately sure team let them fight because I agree that like yeah the corporations who gives a fuck but I also agree like industry consolidation is a bad trend of course we've spoken yeah. about it's also inevitable and that's how it's yeah look at go. Embracer if it's, if how it's that's not, going yeah totally if it's not this it's going to be something else like eventually it's all going to get scooped up and Jeff Bezos is going to own everything right so mm-hmm. at the same time I think I have been somewhat persuaded by some arguments that have emerged in regards to for example Starfield now Starfield was a PS5 exclusive this year I think that'd be really fucked because you've already had Final Fantasy be a PS5 exclusive. You'd have two of the biggest RPGs of the year being exclusives. Uh, You've got like a Japanese RPG. And obviously we'll talk about Final Fantasy being an RPG later on in the show. But you've got Final Fantasy, massive Japanese property. And then you've got Starfield, massive Western property. They speak to obviously different audiences, but there's huge amounts of overlap and they're so their flagships things and for them to both be ps5 exclusive by virtue of third-party deals like that would really hurt xbox this year Hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. right then you hear this threat about uh bobby kotick going up to xbox and being like give me a better deal or i'm gonna make it you know i'm gonna go take take call of duty away from you you know like that's a really big deal um and you've definitely seen obviously the console install base of uh playstation 5 it's there it's getting that lead is growing very quickly and xbox is feeling threatened by that uh so there are a few things that i look at and i'm like i'm not necessarily thinking oh well yeah xbox should acquire them but what i am thinking is i can really understand why phil spencer and microsoft have made these moves because clearly there's a lot of pressure for them to make a big play when they've got this amount of content being gobbled up by sony they need to respond by some means, you know? So I don't know, like, uh, and again, I think if they don't win this battle, it's 
Xbox is always going to be around, surely, most likely, but it really does put them in a pretty pretty tricky position. And you can imagine that Xbox, uh, PlayStation is going to have a lot of momentum to be able to scoop up even more exclusives in the future and just continue to ride that, that momentum. So I don't know, as I said, I'm not in Xbox's camp by any means, but what I'm saying is I have been moved by those arguments and those yeah. and those revelations because i do think they're salient you know i also feel like yep. it's easier to be moved when the sony argument is we think you know they shouldn't this xyz shouldn't be an exclusive and then everyone's yeah. like oh god uh, yeah they're completely right it shouldn't be exclusive and like the hypocrisy there is like they built a business on exclusives like the, all they do is make exclusives and like For they sure. buy up they bought bungie and they're gonna make games that are exclusive with them like yes. so it's just like uh yeah it's it's much easier to be swayed by that kind of argument and i, I think i'm where you are as well like I, I agree that consolidation is bad but there's clearly a move that's being made here on microsoft's part that they're making because they feel they are quite significantly behind as yeah. opposed to being like we're on top and now we're going to just start punching below us to make sure no mm. one can come anywhere near us which is what sony often feels like they're doing correct and i think i think it's an interesting question to ask if sony had the pockets deep enough to buy uh, activision blizzard how would we feel about that versus xbox acquiring it and i would feel like Mm. I would feel like at, I would be like, no, that is a bad idea. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You are already crushing it on so many fronts and then you do this. I mean, that would be like the end of Xbox. But then I feel like, well, if Xbox gets it, I still think Sony would be fine and thrive and yeah. do really well for itself. I think so. And I feel like Microsoft would be more competitive. I do feel it would have some negative impacts on Sony for sure. But I still think their business would survive and thrive where I feel like this acquisition mm. would actually be really devastating for xbox if it were if, if it was his shoe on the other foot so to speak you know yeah. so no. yeah i've definitely thought a lot about that in the last few days for i sure. think there's also a lot of worry on the sony side about so xbox is definitely in third place and in terms of like the games that they can make and and put out there they're not on par not on par but like they're not as high profile and as frequent as as playstation is but i feel like the edge that xbox has is their technology and their proliferation which they are i think mm. they're like head and shoulders above sony and nintendo i think that's a genuine worry for sony and it's something that is probably a major factor in trying to stop this because it doesn't really matter if if you know they get exclusives locked down or games taken away from the big worry is like microsoft is on track to just turn tvs into a xbox device or yeah. a console device or just put out this usb device that you can suddenly play games on and they're like they figured out cloud gaming in a way where you know x cloud is pretty good and sony's still trying to play catch up i feel like this is as much about a lot of like we want to make sure that they're not taking stuff away as much as it is like we're concerned that they are reshaping the landscape around us and by the time they're done we will be in a much worse position yeah yeah yeah, yeah. for sure jake what do you reckon? I don't know. I'm not that smart. <laughs> She's like, I want a Tony Hawk tournament. God damn it. <laughs> God, stop well, thinking about it. <laughs> all right. Enough about FTC stuff. Although I'm sure we'll talk about it uh, in future episodes. Uh, now a quick word from our sponsor. One question I often get is how to break into the world of content creation. There's a lot of ways to do it. Streaming, community building, YouTube, games, media, many ways to cut your teeth. Obviously, my stuff eventually ends up on YouTube, but what if YouTube wasn't the right fit for you? 
But if you wanted to build your own independent gaming outlet or blog, allowing you to talk about games how you like, building a portfolio of work as you did so that you could one day leverage into different opportunities. Well, if you're just starting out, then could I suggest Squarespace? Squarespace lets you build professional looking websites in minutes. You just select from their extensive list of pre-built templates, customize those templates to your desire and boom, you are in business. It really is that easy. Squarespace intuitive tools and huge library of templates make it super easy to get started. If you can handle formatting a Word document or a PowerPoint slide, then you are already well and truly equipped to make a fantastic looking website through Squarespace. Once it's live and your content starts going up, Squarespace has all sorts of backend tools to help you track and grow your site. Detailed analytics tools showcase what your audience is clicking on and SEO tools and social media integration make it easier for your audience to find you. It's a simple end-to-end -end solution that could be the start of your content creation journey if the written word is what interests you. If it is and you want to get started, then visit squarespace.com to start building your website through their free trial. And if you want to get serious, then use offer code SKILLUP for 10% off your purchase of a domain name. Thanks Squarespace for sponsoring the video and thank you for watching it. We had a Nintendo Direct last week at the ungodly hour of 7am, which... Shout out to all the West Coast-based uh, news <laughs> folks who had to get up for that one. Um, what were your overall impressions? What was the thing that kind of leapt out the most? Jake, I'll go to you. I, I liked it. I thought they brought the heat. Mm -hmm. There was a bunch of like compelling things I was very excited to see. Uh, and it just felt good. I feel like a lot of Nintendo Directs have been like, there's one really cool thing. And then a lot mm -hmm. of just like, you know, good, solid other things highlighted. But this this felt like a couple of... Really cool surprises back to back. Uh, for mm -hmm. me, the biggest thing is actually the the new WarioWare game, WarioWare Move It, mm -hmm. because the last WarioWare game was more of like a multiplayer co-op weird thing. This is very much a return to form, like throwback to the Game Boy Advance game where it's just pure quick micro game insanity. And I love that. And the fact that they're taking advantage of the Switch and you got to like milk a cow with the switches so basically it's like one two switch like but it, it's it, <laughs> yeah with wario. but better but with wario yelling at you in between little things which yeah that that Huge was influence. the big thing for me that and of course that was technically where we got the metal gear solid master collection <laughs> release date yeah. uh mm -hmm. so we know it's coming to switch which is cool uh it's coming october 24th uh so i'm very curious to see how this goes the trailer outlined a bunch of other stuff it's going to come with uh like what it actually specifically collects uh which is nice to have that highlighted didn't expect to see that during a nintendo direct but um yeah yeah, yeah. it's great isn't it i uh i was yeah really pumped for that actually that's gonna be nice hopefully and they also there's been leaks that uh volume two will contain Metal Gear 4. There's rumors that it's going to finally get off finally PS3 and will be available it. on other consoles, which do is you, incredible. Do you so. guys wonder if they've even invested yet in terms of porting that over? Because I feel like that's a big undertaking and I feel like they're sitting and waiting and seeing how this all goes first. No, I reckon... Well, my my guess would be that they're going to do it some like dodgy emulation and it's going to just be bad. Like, that's my <laughs> yeah, guess. That's, that's, no, no, like, I yeah, reckon that's, that's what it will be. So. I mean, that's what Nintendo has done in the past. And if Nintendo can do it, <laughs> Konami know. can absolutely do that. Konami yeah, does yeah. what Nintendo does. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was surprised to see that one. I mean, for me, I was very surprised to see Arkham Trilogy. Yeah. Especially Knight. I love when Batman yeah. shows up. 
it's it's like they that's do. a really good Love looking them, game, and I wonder how that runs on Switch. Like, oh, you know Arkham exactly Knight how it mean, runs. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. So. I guess so. as long as it's not as bad as that, how it ran on PC when it launched. But it's I was playing. I was playing on um, Steam Deck actually. I was playing City not so long ago, and I was like, God, I would kill for another batman game. yeah totally don't like, worry uh, these you, batman games the, the suicide, suicide squad on the way, on the way soon, shoot the shoot the big purple stuff <laughs> well, to yep. uh, big damage but batman will <laughs> show damage. up at least yes he will and so, and oh you have yeah to kick his he's, ass. he is in it or sorry shoot yep. his yep. ass mm. yep. oh god yeah, yeah no i but, I, really, I liked it as well i thought it was great um yeah i was actually really it's nice to see another 2d mario because they've got the super mm-hmm. mario brothers wonder yes which you know, Elephant I, Mario. Elephant Mario, of course. Long Mario. Long Mario. That's <laughs> um, like the After Dark version. Call like spaghetti. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just nice to see Nintendo doing that. I, when was the last new 2D Mario game? When was that? Um, I can't 3D remember. 3D Land? I was that track. like was that Wii U or what? Was that was that wasn't Switch, well, was it? no there was it was Wii U but I can't remember if yeah. there was a 3D one a 3DS yeah, one after that sorry yeah so yeah. either way it's been a long time and so it's just nice to see Nintendo doing this thing and I'm really keen for that because it's been so long and also mm-hmm. I think my tastes have changed over the years and I wasn't as close to the 2D Mario so like I grew up on that and then I stopped playing them for a long time. <laughs> And then I feel like I'm interested to see where mm-hmm. that's gone now and how they've evolved that, or if at all, or Tam shaking his head. I just remember technically uh, Super Mario, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which oh. was a, a Switch version mm-hmm. of the Wii U version. Right. And that has new okay, stuff yeah. in it too, right? Yeah. yeah. So it had extra content. So I guess that's the last 2D one. Okay, right. That was right. a real great, actually. I think you'll find. I just remembered it as a, as a thing that my brain has dumped because it was like this yep. shit again. Yep, yep. So I'm keen to see what that's like because I remember like the 2D stuff, obviously, we see a lot of in the mm. indie space. In from Nintendo, there was like the Kirby stuff. The, the Tropical Freeze was, I think, the last proper Nintendo made or, you know, retro, or whatever, t- like 2D property that I've played for them. And that, that was incredible, right? And so I wonder. Mm-hmm where things are at now with that style of game from Nintendo. So I'm, I'm, I'm very keen. Well, it does look, when you hold it up against the other 2D Mario games, this one does look like the one that is getting like a real injection of creativity. Like there, yeah. was, mm-hmm. there was a lot going on in that trailer. There was. From the backgrounds, the music, to the new types of little looks for characters and then all the abilities and stuff. That is what got me really excited. It wasn't even the fact that, oh, new 2D Mario. Because mm. to be honest, that doesn't do much for me anymore. Uh, sure. But mm-hmm. seeing how wacky and wild they're going with it, I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for a follow up to Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, I if wonder only. what's the deal with that. Eh? Oh, no. I wonder what's the deal. Like, when is the next? Yeah, maybe it it's takes a, a while. launch title for the next launch title for maybe. the next Switch. I guess Switch Two instead yeah. of his hat. Um, this time it's going to be mechanics centered around his pants. Which I think is actually a really good actual idea. You're welcome, Nintendo. No, I want I want some <laughs> South Asian representation, and I want to see Mario throw his shoe because that's what uh, uh, yeah, that's what parents do. That's, right. that's what my mom's good at throwing shoes around corners. So I want to see Mario do it as well. With Italians, it's either the house phone or a spoon. <laughs> I've had spoon as well. I've had spoon. Uh, my mom once bounced a shoe off a wall to hit me from around. It was like a pedal wow. shot, and I was that's, like, "That's like really? the hit me in the back of the head," and I turned around, I was like. That was impressive. <laughs> I'll take that. That's awesome. Um, also, Super, uh, Super Mario RPG is a pretty big deal 
for that. Um, yeah, that, yeah. That I never played the original. Did oh man, played it? Me neither. Oh yeah, no. it's yeah? a, it's a, it is an all timer. It is like fucking okay. amazing. I think it holds up really, really well as well. But like the the original why? version. Why? Oh, it's just why like it so a, it's it's the same kind of like weird. I guess it's more normal now, but at that time it was a level of creativity applied to that franchise that was unexpected in a new, I guess, you, mm. in a major way. Like the format was either side scroller or like platformer or racing game, and there was a few things in between. But I think Super Mario RPG is one of the ones where it started to really establish Mario as a kind of uh, all-purpose franchise, and. You know, uh, by then or from then, we had like sports titles, but Super Mario RPG for its like writing and humor and an actual like RPG mechanics and world building, that kind of stuff. It was re- it's really really beloved, um, mm. and yeah, it's I think it holds up really. I don't know if you played the other kind of like Super Mario RPG like games, but they're also really good. Paper like, Mario, pa- like no Paper Mario, it? like Bowser's Inside Story is one of my favorite oh, ones. Okay. Where sure, it's sure. it's just like I love that game so much. But like yeah, it's it's a beloved game, and the fact that they're bringing it back and they're not just doing it like hey, we put the sprites through one of these fucking filters and now <laughs> everything's so much. And they're, yeah, they're doing. They clearly know how beloved this game is, and they are doing. Mm. Looks like they're doing right by it, which is going to be hopefully good. Yeah. It's a, mm, it's a cool. classic, but it's a, it is a cult classic. So I'm hoping that this will be a good opportunity for a lot of people to play it. Sure. The fact I that they so. kept Mario as like a weird little squatty little yeah. cute guy. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I like Have that. you seen the Uppies gif? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of like oh, the funny thing about that gif is everyone's like, Uppies, Uppies. That's a grown man. That's a 40-year-old man. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> um. Uh, we went to we went to Super Nintendo World. I we did. We should mention it. Oh uh, yes. Where at the end of Summer Game Fest, this. we all got together. I was gonna say, that's such a cool shirt. Uh, L for Luigi and L takes, which you know, that is a good shirt. L takes, L takes, which we will get to. We will But no, it was so fun. Oh my god. Yeah, it was really good. Actually, I was blown away by that. It was fantastic. So. Cried a little bit, th- just like a little yeah. tiny bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Is like that what you were doing in the corner? Oh, I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It like, it's oh, cool. Yeah. I think it's definitely um, really, really cool if you have kids because, I mean, yes. I don't know. I'm talking about, I'm out of my ass, but uh, it feels like very prime for kids to run around and interact with stuff. Yes. Like that's mm-hmm. what a lot of the whole thing is here is just kind of like existing in this little area with all the mini games all the little hidden things mm-hmm. you get the bracelet you can collect coins i forgot what they even do but <laughs> it's gamified so you're collecting yeah. hooray there's like an app yeah. um i yeah it, it, it's 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 cool it was very it nice to just see all that stuff like kind of come to life in mm-hmm. an odd way and like just look yeah. around and hear the music and get all that and then like a cafe like a mannequin oh, the cafe. mario and luigi not mannequin um uh, mascot <laughs> Yeah, Mario oh, and Luigi yeah. walk by, and that was kind of weird. But I wanted that job because, like, you know, when you go, to, so people, I don't know if they've ever been to like a theme park or like Chuck E. Cheese. Like when the character comes out, there's usually handlers around the character, kind of keeping the crowd back or helping <laughs> the mascot in case it's like helmet falls off or whatever. Uh, and I really want to be like the Mario Secret <laughs> Service of that. Like I want to oh. be like Luigi's bouncer. Wait, who is telling me? Um. Beth from the Vampire Survivors team uh, was a Disney cast member and she was telling me that apparently the way it goes is that if you are a character 
uh, you do it for a set amount of time. And then what happens is uh, your promotion is you become the character's handler. Mm, and that's the kind of way that that works. But also, like, apparently the gr- it's grueling to go through auditions for it. Mm. Really? Um, oh, so many. Uh, can you imagine how many theater kids, and especially Disney adults, want to be those characters? I apparently mean, it's like... And how ruthless uh, they are when they're looking yeah. at you and being like, you don't look like uh, Snow <laughs> White. <laughs> Your, I'm going to be wearing the one yeah. longer tall. than your oh, right I foot. Say. I was thinking yeah. about the ones where you're just wearing a suit and it wouldn't matter. But I guess if you're like, oh, no. I, like you know, you're sure. I get that. Like that your Cinderella's sense. and that makes Cousin Greg. Sleepy you know how you win those and, auditions? Yeah. Like you wear the helmet. Like you, you put like, as like Beast from Beauty and the Beast, you put the helmet on. You just do a backflip. <laughs> auditions. That's how you win it. Just crush it. it. I think my favorite. I know someone who was uh, Chewbacca. And it was, he wow, got it partly because he I was... I just have a lot of hair. You don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he got it because he's super tall. Or like part of the reason why. You have you have certain height requirements for different characters. So My favorite memory sense, from but... Nintendo World was when we were in the cafe eating food and uh, everyone was eating and then the lights went down because that yep. was oh, the invasion man. and everyone was like freaking out. Like, What's going on? And then like the, the little like bullet bills would start appearing. And yes. like, it's an invasion. And the toads were running around being like, ah... Yeah, you're eating to the cries the... Of, of Toad Village. Toad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being ransacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite one is the Toad that just looks like like depressed Ben Affleck. Kind of going like, oh, <laughs> he's so done. This happens every 30 minutes. But no, it was really, it was really cool. The theming was awesome. I think the one gripe that I had is on the ride itself. Yep. It felt very overcomplicated oh my god to get i mean the theming stuff was so cool like walking around and seeing all the stuff that they built all the videos they had this bookcase of fake books and every single title was incredible i took pictures of all of them like why mario Um, sucks by bowser (laughs) yeah it was like all stuff like that it was so cool but then when you got the actual ride you have to put on a hat and then you have to clip on a specific visor and then it's this kind of ar thing beamed onto the visor and for me it didn't work because i think it's because i have an astigmatism oh. and so oh, that for me on problem. that ride yeah i had to like keep one yeah. eye shut the whole time <laughs> just to see anything <laughs> so i'm sad. really glad there wasn't a picture on that ride because it would have been me just kind of going eh? i, I <laughs> learned so- that the hard way the first time i went to press and i have to angle it slightly so that i'm not looking directly oh. through it so that helps me there was yeah. so much going on on the ar screen i mm. feel like I, I would love to go through it again and just mm-hmm. look around and ignore that because yes. I ended up kind of yeah. doing that because my eyes don't work right. Because uh, like there's parts where you go into the different themed rooms and they built actual yeah. stuff like like when the mansion and you see chandeliers swinging and I'm like, oh, get this thing off my face. I want to see what they made. This is so yeah. cool. They need mm-hmm. also just like a regular old roller coaster. They need like mm-hmm. Wario energy there. Like Wario's yes. backwards roller yeah. coaster, where he's like, "Give me your money!" Ah! And then you're just like, <laughs> "I wish they were characters walking around." Oh, yeah, just, true. Wario. Wario, but he would yeah. just, Waluigi. you know, create chaos and ruin people's days. Maybe they do that for like Halloween. <laughs> pick up their, pick up their ice creams and throw them on the ground, <laughs> and <laughs> stealing money so, from everyone. That'd be good. Yep, yep, yep. Other than that, it was so fun. Yeah, that was yeah, that was good. It was. Any other thoughts on the Nintendo Direct before we get to? No, it was pretty oh, good. Nice. I'm excited. I'm, I'm keen uh, for Nintendo stuff. They're no Hollow Knight. That's fine. No Hollow Knight. No, Peaches, no, no Silk Song. After many, many mm-hmm. years, Peach is getting another one of her own games. Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. yeah. that's right. Congratulations, Peach. 
Seems yeah. like she doing it get, for the, gets to be nice. Oh, Detective Pikachu a... is back after seemingly almost being cancelled. Like everyone sure. forgot about Detective Pikachu. That's true. Yeah. New Amiibo. Pikmin yep. is still coming out. Pikmin. I keep forgetting Pikmin's coming out. Me too. Oh, Me Luigi's too. Mansion. Uh, Luigi's yes. Mansion. Oh, that, Dark that, Moon. Yeah, Dark Star. Moon. I'm yeah. actually yeah. really excited for that. I do. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion games are just such so good. beautifully constructed, wonderful, sort of tight, just so focused on what they're doing, and they're like a little movie experience. They're almost. all little they're Resident like, Evil ones. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, exactly. It's so rad. I love them. The, yeah, really the other thing them. that I think isn't getting a lot of attention that could be really interesting is Penny's Big Breakaway, which is that platformer that was shown very briefly, but it's done by the Sonic Mania crew. Oh, oh yeah. The, oh, yes. the yo-yo looking character. It looks like Blinks with a yo-yo, which is unfortunate way. But like, I think it's Christian Whitehead and and the team it there. It is. Um, but like, obviously, private division. Yeah, and private division publishing it. But obviously, like the Sonic Mania team put out probably the best Sonic game. Yes, maybe yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's pretty exciting. Mm. Yeah, super cool. All right, let's move on. Yeah. To one of the big releases of the last couple of weeks. Brace yourselves, yeah. boys. We're talking Final yeah. Fantasy 16. So, beloved where do game start? by all. Yeah, do you guys like Spirits Within? I think that's a good way to like. Let's just throw it all out here. <laughs> I actually did I remember, like Spirits. I remember within. liking it at the time because <laughs> the I was time. like, "Whoa, look at the graphics!" But now, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I remember. If I, go I remember back, watching like, it. Whoa, this is terrible. <laughs> at the time, I remember watching it and going, "I've never seen anything like this in graphically." Yes. Like I was blown away. And I want to keep that memory like that. And I don't want to revisit it. Thank you. But I'm a Kingdom Hearts liker. So what do I fucking know? (sighs) That's a good start. That's a good way to like (laughs) set things up. I think for me personally, I, I, I have a tolerance for Final Fantasy games, even like newer ones Mm -hmm. where there are always going to be weird, bizarre elements and it may not always come together right but I think I just like being in the Final Fantasy mentality so much that it kind mm-hmm. of kind of clouds my judgment. I, I think 16 is extremely flawed, <laughs> but fun. What? Why are you, you said, when you said You said when clouds, you said clouds my judgment, and at least you went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cloud like the man. Yeah, like, oh, like the man. Amazing. Just like the man with the y- big sword. Y- yeah, yeah, I think uh, it, it definitely has a... So I'm, I'm glad people are loving it. And I know it's always going to be people's first mm. Final Fantasy. And that's always going to be significant to people. I, one of my favorite first big exposures to it where I like really went all in was... I played 7, but then 10 was my big one. And then like I mm-hmm. went online and people were like, <laughs> you like 10? So <laughs> it, it's always going to be like that. It's like, it's like poetry. It rhymes. It's always going to be like a thing. So I think 16 is weird but i still kind of like it but I, I i think i see people thinking like it's the best game ever they haven't gotten through it all yet mm. that's the thing because yes. i haven't finished it yet and i'm still very much in love with it okay but also i am not uh first of all i'm not necessarily hung up on like older final fantasies because i came into the franchise pretty late like 12 and even then, I didn't play 13. I dabbled in 14, 15. 
and like I said, I'm a Kingdom Hearts liker. I think there's there needs to be a phrase for not a suspension of disbelief, but a suspension of things when you're playing a Final Fantasy game. Because like Jake said, I like being in that world. I love yep. the earnestness. I like the vibes. But there needs to be some kind of phrase for it. So I'm opening up to you, our lovely users, um, to see what it's like. Final like fuckery. Suspension of- is what it has. <laughs> That's like, so 15, like I'll lay it all out right now. I really, really like 15. I absolutely sure. understand the criticisms and the oh, base same. game. I finished it and I was like, what happened? What was that? <laughs> yep. What did I just play? <laughs> but I liked it. I was intrigued the whole the whole way. Yep. Yeah. Those yeah, boys, man. I, yeah, I liked I liked in the end because I like played 15 well after launch and I was like, mm. this definitely sucks. There's no doubt about it, right? <laughs> it's it's like it definitely does. But at the same time, it just has these things that really ping and that, you know, there's a chance they connect with you. But I also think that 15 was quite an ambitious title when you think about it in many aspects because yeah. it was the game to make that jump to an open world, uh, you know, to an open world thing. I don't think that worked because you could really see what they were doing with that. And you could see what they were doing with that kind of ensemble cast of the four bros and the style of storytelling that was going on there. They obviously had that entirely new um, combat system as well. You know, just the same way that Final Fantasy 16 does. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that was quite an ambitious game on many fronts. And I guess this is sort of just leading into my criticisms of Final Fantasy 16. Like, I think that was really trying to say, what is Final Fantasy 16? What are its, so what is Final Fantasy? What are its core elements? And then how do we take those to the next level? And I think Final Fantasy 16 sort of says, like, <laughs> we've got a combat system, we've got some cutscenes, and and it wasn't really focused on anything else. It wasn't trying to be ambitious with its RPG systems. It wasn't trying to be ambitious with its like open world design and the way to approach things and side quests and whatever. It was trying to be ambitious with its massive spectacle moments and its combat. And those things, they worked for sure. And I think people have different opinions on how good that combat is and its longevity and depth and whatever else. But I don't think anyone can question the highs that this game gets to and just how high they mm. are. Like, they are fucking wild and crazy. Unbelievable. Totally, totally, mm. totally. And I think that it's coming back to what I said earlier, which is, like, there are going to be some things with Final Fantasy 16 that might ping with you and then you're just... And they're enough. And they're just, like, that's enough for me to really love this game, just like it was with Final Fantasy 15, even though they were, they're both flawed in many ways. But I think the difference for me personally is that I think Final Fantasy 15 was trying to do a lot of different things and trying to do it while still sort of made, like remaining what's trying like a lot of the RPG stuff was consistent and the approach to exploration was consistent. It was trying to push into those spaces, whereas Final Fantasy 16 just wasn't interested in that. It's like, no, we are doing two things here. Mm. We are doing combat and cutscenes and that's it. And so for that reason, I found it less interesting and less ambitious than previous Final Fantasy games. Um, and I guess that was one of my bigger challenges with it. So I, I think know. it struggled so that's, with that's a sort of kind of maybe it, it's it's almost like they still they they had the like, OK, the spectacle, the combat. And then they're like, oh, well, like you still need to like walk around and do stuff. Because that's what you yeah. do in Final Fantasy games. You're going to walk around and do stuff. You're going to say hello to a chocobo. You're going to go weird diversions. And I think that it kind of struggles under that more than anything because it's like a pacing yeah. thing. I think mm. the 
and, and this might be almost like a critic thing or a reviewer thing where maybe it's better enjoyed in small bites because some of those things you do in between the big moments in the game just really bored me. Um, totally. I think that also might also just be a testament to how crazy the highs are where it's like mm-hmm. any sort of come down from that is just it's like a Sora's Wrath. Like there there, there are parts of it that I was yeah. like, am I playing a Sora's Wrath? This is this is wild. <laughs> Uh, it yep. just it's a, it's a and I use this phrase a lot. It's an overused phrase like identity crisis, but sure. it it certainly has s- some of that. And I just I, a crisis reference. Sorry. I don't think it's an identity crisis at all. Like I think this is exactly what they intended because it's exactly what they needed. And maybe this is speculative, but I think this is their come to Jesus or. I don't know, come to Genova moment where it's like they they reached the point where they understood. It goes back to like the the cost of making games for me. I feel like that they understood that they can no longer make Final Fantasy games in the mainline franchise on the scale and with the the core expectations of what they have been um, any longer, whilst also putting them in a genre that doesn't have the broadest uh, attraction. Um, and I understand that they, that's kind of like the heart of what they, the franchise is, and that is being lost. And I feel like right now that what they're trying to do is they're creating these multiple lanes for Final Fantasy to exist in. I feel like the Mm. stuff that we want out of it, which is everything that like Ralph, you mentioned in your review and Jake, you said as well, is all stuff that I agree with. Like, I feel like the side quests are in so boring but like they usually have some element of like story or narrative or character building that i'm like okay that'll do i think the itemization is terrible i think like the the world is Mm. empty and barren in a lot of ways i think all that stuff is now contained in the offshoot which is a remake which is the final fantasy 7 remakes i wouldn't be surprised although i wouldn't stake my life on it if they started remaking more of those final fantasy games and and use the hybrid Mm -hmm. method for that like and i think the other games will be more of a tricky prospect because like remaking eight is going to be a bit of a nightmare because i love that game to death but it is a clusterfuck of a game like it is it is mad and same with like nine and and maybe even like tens the next one they remake because they can build that hybrid system and make Mm. it work really well but for them to spend the time and money and effort and marketing on a new mainline final fantasy game and have the like cutting edge graphics because that's one of the core principles of final fantasy it needs to be the best looking game on the market they always have mm. been whether that's in actual gameplay or like fmv cutscenes or whatever it may be they were always ahead of the pack and yep. if they still want to do that stuff they can't do it in a gameplay format that is fallen out of favor in a major way and i but, feel like that's kind of it where they're at now but i feel like i feel like a lot of because i've definitely heard similar criticisms to that and i feel like a lot of that discussion is kind of mischaracterizing a lot of certainly what i'm saying and i know what a lot of other people are saying because I don't think anyone's saying this game should have been turn-based, yeah. you know? And I don't think it's saying it should have been a more traditional JRPG. What I'm I'm sort of saying that I think this is just quite an outdated package in general. Hmm. You know, if you look at contemporary open-world, semi-open-world action games, like even you look at your Horizons and your God of Wars and whatever, 
like they have found a way to tell their stories better through gameplay and they have more interesting compelling rpg systems than final fantasy was able to deliver they have a more interesting approach to world design right and i think that if you'd have taken a lot of those principles that prop up a lot of those sorts of like let's call them sony games or whatever and you bolted them onto this package I actually think I would have really fucking loved this. I it for me yeah. it was never about like I don't want this to be an action game. It was like, well, I kind of want it to be just a more interesting action yeah. game, like yeah. a deeper action game, a game that feels more contemporary, you know what I mean? And I definitely got a lot of that criticism come at me like, "Oh, you just don't want the series to change or you just want it to be a JRPG." And I'm like, "Oh, that's never what I've been personally saying." And I know that's not what a lot of other people are saying as well so mm. yeah i, I kind of do just want it to be an rpg which is the weird thing like i was sure i, I also yeah. feel like it's definitely uh, of for everything i said and i think it's a new version i feel like it's also a not a good execution on what this could have been as you said like i feel like this exactly. is this is the f- i feel like this is the first step to a better final fantasy a new version of final fantasy which is a shame because you'd expect a team of that caliber to execute way better on a way higher and be more ambitious but then i also think about like where that team final fantasy as a kind of development studio team that kind of stuff it's it's been passed around and let's not forget the last game the last mainline entry was salvaging a version of a different game versus um Mm. and like uh, you know business unit three is they're the MMO team that has been mm. kind of tasked to put in. So I feel like not to, you know, discredit their abilities, but I also, it feels like a kind of MMO in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think Definitely. that's why we're at, that. I, I just don't see the confidence in the team to execute on the stuff that we want. Maybe the next one, if they're given another chance at it or another team that takes that foundation, we'll have that stuff that we're missing where it's like a little, a few more characters that are memorable, you know, <laughs> yeah, actual yeah, yeah. good writing in the, in the main quest, the story quest, uh, side quest, sorry. And then the, I, I, I hit up Michael Hyam who reviewed it for us uh, like 10 hours in. And I was like, am I going to get a new sword ever? What's going on? Like, is anything happening? Like, will I be able to find an Ultima weapon or like, am I going to fight a Ruby weapon? Will I ever find a random cave to stumble into? And he was like, nah, not really, man. No, not really. And like, that is the stuff that I miss a lot from it. And the hope is like, either this serves as a framework for another team to come along and be like, this is what we're going to, we're going to inject that stuff back in. Or Mm. this serves as a good, starting point for this team to build the confidence and come back and do it again but i think i'm where you guys are where i get it i like the game a lot but i also am pushing aside a lot of the things i love about final fantasy to like it but that's the thing because i i don't care about the rpg system because i think for me the highs are so good the the combat is so fun that i don't want to be faffing around in menus and i say that as a big rpg player for me, the balance with Final Fantasy 16 is that I'm just enjoying hitting things with my sword mm. and flying around and having all those powers and doing and kind of doing that. Totally agreed on the side quest stuff. My, you know, heart visibly drops every time I see a green icon on the screen that doesn't have a plus sign in it, but I'm still doing all of them. I haven't finished it yet. So comments on the story for me are going to be that I, I really like what they're doing with it. I find it very interesting. I love, like... Benedicta, Sid, oh my god, uh, Clive. Like, I love genuinely the cast and the characters. And so for me, as well, even the fact that it's not truly open world, the way that they're sort of doing the Dragon Age Inquisition map thing of hub worlds and stuff, 
doesn't bother me so much because I am so overwhelmed lately with games that have to be big and that has to have everything that you could possibly want to do. This game is going to offer you. And so for me, Final Fantasy 16 is a game that is somehow managing to balance these overwhelming, incredible moments, these huge, impressive boss fights, but then also is big enough that I don't feel like I'm being shortchanged or cheapened on the experience, but it's also showing restraint. And for me, this is just how I'm feeling about games in general at the moment. It's like, I actually really appreciate it for that. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I definitely have heard that as well. And uh, mm. I know a lot of people feel the same way about that. Um, yeah, personally, I, I definitely feel the same in many regards in terms of like how mm. I approach games is that I don't want every game to be a massive open world game. Mm. But I guess I look at what they do have and I'm like, well, it's just, mm. it's, it's smaller, sure. But I don't, I just mm. don't think it's working. I don't think it's very good. It's kind of like mm. the fact that it's smaller isn't saving it for me when I know that there's just nothing out there to see, you know what yeah. I mean? Because like, if you're going to do it, do it right, you know, rather than, mm. and, and I, I also saw this comment. I don't even remember where I heard it or saw it, but I was like, I think it was on Reddit or something. Someone said like, you know. Well, that was your first mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was like, imagine if this game was like half as long cut out all the filler and it was just a straight up like linear action game mm. that just went through and did its thing and, and 100% committed to those things. I reckon mm. that would be a fucking great game. Like that would you be can a killer. Yeah. Totally. And and I and I think as and I think one of the things that has co- created the divisive or the the controversy around this game or why it's less uh, universally acclaimed is because it is trying to reach out and do all of the things at once and just kind of like gesture towards those things without mm. committing to them versus if this was like, you know, Stranger in Paradise-esque kind of with that singular focus, you might have had mm-hmm. a product that I think came together in a in a more complete sense and didn't feel like it had so many gaping holes in it you know um yeah i think especially with the combat so the combat is one example i i i like it i enjoy it it's fun it it fulfills the power fantasy thing and i know i'm like bagging on the game a lot it's an interesting conversation ultimately i still like the game um but the combat is one example where i was like oh cool like when i talked to you when you went to preview the game and you know who's behind the combat with like devil may cry design philosophy here and there like I was hoping for something a little bit more precise and a little bit mm. a little bit more crazy. I don't know. So, yeah. Something about it where it, it just kind of doesn't feel, I don't know. It, it's hard. It doesn't feel 100%. It feels like 90%. And with something like Final Fantasy, with that, be, with the core, that being the core gameplay, I was, I was hoping mm. for a little more. I like that you can do basically the stinger attack, like Dante's like, stinger i was like okay that's fine that's good yeah but yeah i, I just i, I was just looking for combat. a little more yeah i'm like having so much fun like figuring stuff mm. out and setting up traps and grabbing enemies and moving them around and doing all the devil may cry stuff so it's fun to I, switch on the what fly. Biz- it's yeah, very but what good what a bizarre default layout for those yeah controls. i i it's it what, in what very- way like I changed it after about an hour because I just couldn't cope with mm. it anymore. It was just very weird. Like I don't know what was it. What was the block? Was, that, was it oh, the dodge? R one is the dodge. A dodge, just a dodge, yeah. and I was just like, I yeah. cannot get around that. So I changed it immediately. Interesting. Okay. This is one. I've of the, had a lot of people this, who I've talked to have been like, yeah, right. Yeah. Button layout. I, I did initial. This is one game where I. I have been using the Dual Sense Edge, and it's been very, very effective for me. Me too, actually. Yeah. Me too. So exactly good. Right. Like having yes. the charge attacks on the paddles, 
has been a game changer for me. Totally like, agree. It's huge. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. The Too bad is, the battery like, life is one and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, it's so, bad, eh? it's so bad. I would love to get a, a fucking. It, it's. It, Sounds like a sex toy, man. What are they doing? <laughs> Dual Sense Edge? Are you Hell joking? Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't thought about like, that, but absolutely. Yeah. That is for your pleasure. Get, get that on adamandeve.com. Um, I would love to get one, but yeah, battery life I cannot justify. And also, I've said this on this podcast many times that the Dual Sense in general just makes my hand cramp yes. up. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I love the and, Dual Sense. And so that's why I, I wish, I don't know what it is, but like the Xbox Elite controller for me is the it's just right. It's the Goldilocks. There's, there's like a uh, more controller. fanboyism, more there's console like a wars. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. I've, I've, been, yeah, I've been playing a Sony bunch of it and, and like w- my RSI has been killing. No like way. Wow. Yeah. yeah I think so that's part the, of the reason the I had to change. Yeah. 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 I think um, where it does succeed is the, I like the world. I actually hmm. like some of the side quests bum me out because they weren't as in-depth as I was hoping because, like, every time I Except got to a new environment, one. I was, what? What the hell was that wolf one? Yeah, the wolf <laughs> one was a highlight. Oh, that was a yeah, highlight. I was so, so dark. For anyone does <laughs> a free primer up. on that is that Clive discovers that a lordling is uh, luring slaves to go and be killed by a wolf to entertain his son hmm. and then clive needs to figure out what he might do about that spoiler it's alert like... he doesn't do much about it <laughs> so well, well um, they get the come no, up no, no, and... he does he yeah but they better clive oh, well, does not he, he... do that it's the other guy yeah. that makes it happen clive's like oh, yes, yes continue right. about your business please <laughs> yeah. continue murdering innocent people i'm gonna go and do other things now you know it's like the one person who was writing that quest was like just an hour before read the wikipedia page on joffrey and was like oh yeah Interesting. The guy's voice even sounds like it. <laughs> Little kid sounds like Joffrey. He does. Oh, I I uh, like Clive. I like uh, you know I, I I like the way this story is presented. Granted, it gets kind of messy, but I love a game that just ha- is not afraid to throw me cool cutscenes and let me just yeah. kind of like sink in that. I think Clive is very interesting. There's a lot to him. <laughs> He almost looks too cool for a Final Fantasy protagonist. Yes. What? Did you see, like when he when he got his get up. I was like, see, whoa. Like, yeah. whoa <laughs> I was dude. I was I, I was like, he's dressed like Dracula now. And then I couldn't unsee it after that. I was dressed oh like Oh my game. god. He does yes. look like, yeah. He's dressed like Dracula. <laughs> he does look like uh, Lords of Shadow. Yes. Era. Yeah. Does. Yeah. I yep. love that. I love Clive. Yeah. I th- I love like the relationship. Oh, this messed me up. Um, I've been really struggling to place Jill's actor, and, and 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 that's the case because there are a lot of like very infamous, famous um, British actors in this. She's in. Uh, she's the main female lead, Jenny uh, from Alan Partridge. Uh, this time with Alan Partridge, <laughs> and that messed me up. That's a very British reference, I and I the the young version of her is played by what's her name? We did Amicia, in, Charlotte McBurney. Yeah, Charlotte McBurney. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, in, uh, really? and young, yeah, and the and Joshua's, young Joshua's played by um, uh, the kid who played Hugo, right? Hugo, yeah, amazing, yeah, right, yeah. cool, that's so awesome. I think yeah, right. Viserys from Game of Thrones is in there as well somewhere. I think really? it's a, it's a really. Yeah. I feel like the the acting is excellent. I think for the most yeah. part, and yep. also like I, the one of the things I will give props to. It's not written like a Final Fantasy game, like a traditional yeah. Final Fantasy. It's closer to the MMO, I think, 
Um, I think this. I think that's true of the first half. I don't agree with the second yes, half. Yes, there's think the a second bit half where is it goes like a Final Fantasy game. Yes, there's a bit where it goes. We are Kingdom Hearts now, and you're like, okay, <laughs> cool. But like, uh, uh, people are going to be so mad in the comment section about that. Just to be clear, Kingdom Hearts. Everyone's like, Kingdom Hearts nonsense is Final Fantasy nonsense, and vice versa. His, so, his, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, it is. I get it. Also. I'm saying nothing. I, I will say, I as a Kingdom Hearts like, I have reviewed that game. I love Kingdom Hearts. The writing is the highest order of dog shit i've ever oh, seen nonsense. please you're you're a guest uh-uh. on our podcast uh-uh. please Listen, do not ruin do not our come for my friends do not come for my friends come for me i gave that i gave <laughs> kingdom hearts 3 an 8 out of 10 i know what makes kingdom hearts good that writing is atrocious. Oh my god! I just, I'm already ter- terrified of clips now. on Twitter. I'm, I've already been I'm, through I'm, it I'm so redirecting much this week. The I anger know. Look what you're doing Ralph, to I'm him. I'm redirecting the anger away from you now. Yeah, so like, people well. will be mad at me instead of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Actually, I, I do have some interesting um, questions that I think is kind of shaken out of this because obviously, if anyone doesn't know, uh, my review went up. It was definitely a rocky reception to my review. It was um, a great review, by the way. I yeah, appreciate it was fantastic. Thank you. Uh, because I think, you know, which I knew it would be in the sense that, uh, like I knew I had a minority opinion on it. I also know how much people like Final Fantasy. Um, and you know, this is what happens with these sorts of games when you hold an outside opinion, totally fine. And, um, whatever, that's, that's, that's all good. My question though, is just, I'm interested to talk through some of the feedback that I got about my review mm-hmm. and then like put it to you guys as questions, because I yeah. think it's really interesting to talk about how Ooh. we all approach the process of video reviewing video games. And that is mm. one of the big okay. things. Sorry. Oh, um, one of the big things that were well, question that I got was just like, is it fair to bring your expectations of a franchise into a review of a new entry? Because a lot of people mm. were like, hey, man, you didn't like this because you wanted it to be something else or you were comparing it to previous Final Fantasy games. Whereas your job as a reviewer is just to review the game in front of you without any of those expectations or whatever. So I have my own thoughts on that, but I thought I might throw it to you guys and see what do you guys think about that mm. idea? Do you Is it okay to bring expectations about a franchise when you were reviewing the 16th entry of it? Well, yeah, I mean, that, uh, and a related question is, do you get a franchise novice or a franchise expert in? Interesting. Yeah, for sure. That's an also interesting angle on it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't help but bring expectations in and I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing as as long as you go in with an open mind. I always default back to like be a comic book reader where I think some comic book readers can be very open to new interpretations, remixes of characters, changing of the the core pillars of those characters. And uh, there's potential for fun. And I think a game series, especially one specifically like Final Fantasy, where every single one is completely different and someone can jump in. I still can't help but just like look for and enjoy seeing some of those hallmarks and stuff here and there and knowing again trying to go in with an open mind as possible knowing that some of those things aren't always going to pop up uh and being okay with that and celebrating the parts that are if that makes sense Mm. i also haven't had coffee today and i'm still moving (laughs) so i'm like living out of boxes my brain doesn't work your hair looks incredible at least oh thank you thank you Yeah, yeah yeah I, th- I was going to say, I think there needs to be a distinguish, a kind of like a distinction made between expectation and context, which is kind of key in a lot of ways, but it's also kind of subtle. I feel like in your review, there is, 
there are times when you're definitely talking about your expectations, but there are also just as many times where you're talking about the context. And when it comes to the context of Final Fantasy as a franchise, I feel like it's important to have that. Because if it's just like, I wanted this game to be like this, Mm. then it's bad but if you're yes. like i would have liked to seen this seen this because it's part of the franchise in a meaningful way and beyond that it's part of the genre in a lot of ways i feel like also if the if it didn't try to do some of the things that create the expectations then it's an issue if it's like we're not going to try to do rpg stuff we're just going to make a character action game if then someone yeah. comes along and is like well this has got no rpg stuff in it <laughs> then you've got a problem. However, yes. if it's got if it's got item unlocks and all the items are shit, then you have gone halfway to the point of saying we're doing this RPG thing. Thus, any further criticism by extension of that mechanic and its execution is valid, as is bringing in the context of how it's executed within the franchise prior to it mm. and also within the genre as a whole. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that's a good way to put it, actually. So, I don't know, Liz, what do you think? I think Tam's point about context is incredibly yeah. important. Um, but I think as well, bringing expectations about a franchise, at the end of the day, it's a piece of media that we are, it's marketed towards mm. us. You bring expectations in to everything regardless, mm. like based on what you have been exposed to, whether it's the... You watched a trailer, you watched the gameplay, you played a demo, or you have a storied history with the franchise. Like, the expectation is not something that can be clinically removed, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And, and one yeah. other thing that I was going to briefly, like, mention is, like, we're in the media, we're constantly, like, I've seen it happen a lot. And even I'm someone who, do it, who does it a lot and I try and enforce it in my reviews is, like, don't backseat game design. Like, don't try and tell developers how to make the game by saying you should have done this instead however i feel like that's not a hard and fast rule because yes if 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 you're just not telling if you're not providing feedback what is the point of a review to a degree right your a review partially for us is like we want to tell um we want to explore how we feel about it we want to clue people in on you know who might be buying it on whether they should or not but there is also a, sm a small element of we're also kind of talking to the developers right like mm. there is a dialogue mm. there i write my reviews in a way that i hope that the reviewers the people that make the game are reading it and they can take something away from it um whether that's you know i love your game because you did this and this and this and this or i didn't quite click with your game because you didn't do this this is i think it's important to not create such a hard and fast rule around don't backseat game perhaps don't, don't backseat game design but offer feedback and provide some reasoning and rationale and and kind of explain why you had this kind of perspective i think that's super important and as a as a as a as a as a bunch of people who critique and analyze games i think it's as important to do that and provide that feedback to developers because it helps them as well right yeah, I agree. And I saw on Twitter the guy who's the guy that wrote Barry. Who wrote? Barry? The, you know the, the oh, sorry. You know uh, the sh that TV show that's doing the rounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Whatever. Oh, Bill um, Hader. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. him. Right. Mm -hmm. He was doing. He was just talking about writing, and he there's this clip of him being like, um, you know, when it comes to getting feedback from people, you should listen to the things that they don't like and they're not working for them. But then you turn off your brain when they start giving you suggestions on how to fix it. So they made something, mm. they say something like, oh, I don't like the relationship between the husband and the wife. Uh, it, it should actually 
be like this and the husband should say this or the wife should do that. Mm. You should be listening to the first half of that, which is I don't like the relationship between the husband and the wife. The second half is irrelevant. Like you need to figure that out for yourself as the creator yeah. and whatever. And mm. so I definitely agree with that as well. Like, you know, and did game and that was actually retweeted, I think, by a game developer who was saying the same this applies to mm. game dev. And I have long believed the fact the the idea that we don't really um have any we have very few good solutions for um, how to improve the problems we have with games. I also recognize that in myself inherently that my brain is actually quite good at figuring out what doesn't work, but I have so little creative capacity. Like I have zero original ideas in my brain, none. Okay. So, um, but at the same time, I also really agree with what Tam said, which is that like, I do sometimes suggest, Hey, what about this thing? And, you know, like for example, with the combat with Final Fantasy 16, I was like, wouldn't it have been cool if, you know, your party members could have also like junctioned some icons and you could switch to them and like it wouldn't have it would have changed the game surely, but it would have it would have meant you're using more of the combat system all at once mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. But surely there would have been quite a few design flow and impacts that the team maybe looked at at some point and they said, No, that's not what we want to do for X, Y, and Z reason. I love the point that idea, is, by the way. I thought that was a fucking sure. great idea. Especially because like you press a button and toggle will do stuff. Like totally. why don't you why don't you do the same thing and minimal you know, keep the interaction simple and just assign them to a button and have yes. that ability because you are just doing shortcut mm. abilities, right? Two button Correct. presses, you're good. Yeah. So, but either way, like I, so while I still have those thoughts and I definitely put them out there sometimes in reviews, I also am cognizant of the fact that the suggestions that we have to improve things are usually bad suggestions and they're not cognizant of all of the realities that those developers face in terms of their constraints, but also the fact that they probably have play tested some of the ideas that we present. And they're like, no, we tested that and it didn't work for these five reasons that you couldn't possibly think of, you know? So, um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I think one of the other questions or pieces of feedback that I got about my review was like, oh, you complained about X, Y, and Z in Final Fantasy 16, but you didn't complain about it in Final Fantasy 7 Remake when those same sorts of things exist. Mm. So how do you account for that inconsistency? You are being inconsistent as a reviewer. How do you guys feel about the question of our need to be consistent across different points of criticism when it comes to games? I have my own thoughts for how I approach that. I don't agree with the premise of that question in a way, but I don't know how you guys feel about that or how you approach that issue when it comes to reviewing things. Does my question make sense, firstly? Yes. Can you give me an example? Uh, Like, for example, let's say uh, side quests not being particularly interesting. Yeah, sure. They're not particularly interesting in Final Fantasy VII Remake either. And they're like, well, why didn't you complain about that more in that game? Or the linearity of environments. Again, Final Fantasy VII Remake has quite linear environments when you really look at it and break it down. It's like, well, why didn't you ping that game for that? Uh, Whereas, you know, you you complained about it in 16. And um, yeah, I mean, look. Yeah, go on. I think think it's at least in my opinion, like I'm, I'm pretty freewheeling with that stuff. I think if you get caught up in making sure that you assess one thing exactly the way you assess something else, you start getting caught in the weeds and stumbling over your words. And then you ha- it gives you less confidence in how you're speaking about things. I always have to be very careful about that because I'm just like not a confident person. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very like hyper aware of stuff like that. But then there's always like, Uh, it's important because there's always so much more than just, oh, if you said this thing about this game, why wouldn't you say it about this game? Even the example you just cited, Final Fantasy 16 to 17 side quests, there's so much in between that can explain Mm. why they would be different. 
So to get yes. hung up on like, well, you gave this game a seven and you gave this one an eight, like like that type of stuff, I think it's not worth it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, at some point, like uh, when you're writing review, do you have to go back to every single other review wrote and cross-reference <laughs> it? Like, I think it's a pretty silly way to approach it, but also like it doesn't account for like so many different factors. That I would disagree and say that yeah, the 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 kind of some of the side quests in Final Fantasy VII Remake aren't as exciting on paper, but how they're used in the broader scape, scope of the game is quite a, more a bit more effective than they than the way they are used in. Uh, Final Fantasy 16. 16. Yeah. They in Final Fantasy 16, they almost feel inserted, and they don't have much of a impact on Clive as a person. They have some small kind of nuggets of information that help you understand stuff about you know dominance or or you know the world around you. Whereas I feel like a lot of even the most throwaway quests in Final Fantasy 7, they they kind of very slowly um, break down the wall around Cloud. And like he he is doing these menial tasks, but it's almost written in a way that it acknowledges these tasks are menial. And eventually you get to the point where you realize that these people, there's that point where everyone goes, oh, you're that guy who's doing all these menial tasks for everyone. You're cool. I like you. Thanks, thanks for doing that. And you're like, oh, shit, this gruff kind of like person who's built a wall around himself by doing this nonsense has started to build a community around himself there's nothing like that for clive in in 16 he's just doing these tasks for the sake of doing them it's busy work and maybe you get, get renowned uh, you get I renowned agree. i guess but like i don't i don't feel i don't feel it has as much of a meaningful impact on clive as a character uh, towards the end i've heard it does build into something but there were yes. points where as I yes. was going along, I like there's that one where you help those kids and they've all, you know, in, in Final Fantasy VII Remake and then you come back an hour later and they've all got cardboard buster swords on. And you're like, oh, I had a noticeable impact on these kids. Sure. There's, there's nothing quite like that. There's like, oh, you're that guy who saved me when I, my chocobos were under attack. <laughs> it's like, all right, man, I don't remember that myself, but I take sure. your word for it. But yeah, I, I just feel like it's, you can't be consistent. Things change and, you know, I'll, I'll reads on things change different and we as people you know our tolerance for certain things can also change mm. like i might be i might be okay with uh, final fantasy 7 boring side quest back then but now i'm just like i've i've, I've had too much of this the world yes. is like changed in a way where there, there's too much of these like time wasting quests so i'm going to be a little more harsher towards them totally and i totally. also think there's so many things in games that can pull your attention in different ways where it's like there's one game that had terrible graphics but i barely even mentioned them because mm. there were so many other elements that i was more mm. excited to talk about or evaluate and then you know you, you can't look at that and be like oh well this game you went you did a deep dive on the graphics like there's at least how yes. i approach things i don't have a checklist i'm not going through doing like graphics sound fun factor like stuff like that so i've always been like a go by feel type of type i, of I thing. agree yeah, I think that's like for me. That's the the answer response to that is just like starting point for a review is not let's break up a it's a game to its components and assess them. The starting point for a review is how do I feel about this video game? Like that's it. And then after that, things flow from that. It's like, well, am I bored? Why am I bored? Well, I'm bored because you know the side quests are boring. Okay, that's one thing. I'm bored because the itemization isn't working for me. Okay, that's another thing. And it's kind of like you just build out from that. You're trying to understand why that feeling exists but if you go to a different game and you're having a really fantastic time with it 
you know, like the way that you begin advancing that argument or trying to understand that feeling is going to lead you to different places and lead you to different, like focusing on different things versus others. Hello, Peanut, how you doing? Um, <laughs> really oh my God. She's right. a loud cat. I'm being hungry. Um, <laughs> well, she's, been, she's been yelling down there. So I her up. Yeah, but that is, that is going to necessitate a different approach to the same thing. It's like watching a movie and being like, there's too many car chases in this movie and you also like Mad Max Fury Road, which is like a two-hour car chase. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like you just have different responses to different things at different times. But again, it's for me personally, as I review something, it's not about, oh, I need to be mechanically consistent across these points. It's really about, I just need to understand, explain why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. Um, and that is naturally going to create some inconsistencies with how you you talk about things, I think. So... Yeah, that's uh, and that's credit to one. some folks that do like to break down game reviews systematically. Uh, there's an sure. audience for that. There's a there's yeah. a place for that. Some people do it very very well. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, me, absolutely. I just kind of go, hey man, I don't know. Uh, yeah, 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 it's vibes. good. Yeah. <laughs> vibes. <laughs> yeah, I have vibes a vibe based critic. <laughs> Totally, totally. So I, I guess like one other one other question is just finished, like Final Fantasy, because I think Tam as well, you said like this is a template for how Final Fantasy can move forward, okay? I think, well, this is one template. The other template is like what you're seeing in Final Fantasy VII Remake. And my question to you guys is, do you guys, if you were to have, if there was one choice and the, fun, the mainline Final Fantasy series is going to go in one direction, would you like it to follow where Final Fantasy VII Remake is going or would you like it to follow this path? I, I would take the remake approach. That's my mm-hmm. preferred approach as an evil. I like. I prefer my favorite Final Fantasy games. Are obviously, going to be the older stand-in-place like turn-based games. But if there's a needs to be an evolution of them, I like where Final Fantasy VII remake goes. Um, I feel like I would. I would prefer if this character action style game was an offshoot rather than the main games. But you know, I'm not in charge. If there was sure. a hybrid that was, so I prefer Seven remake. I like how they crack the code with the battle system. For me, mm. the, it's the main thing you're doing, combat, battling. And I just mm. happen to like how they did that better. Uh, but if there was a game moving forward that had the combat system of 7 Remake, but with the over-the-top insane cutscenes and QTEs, that would be like the ideal game for me. Mm. And totally. I think it definitely has potential whichever way they move forward and i almost think there there are other franchises experiencing the same thing especially like as me a fan caught in the middle like uh, uh resident evil it's like okay are we doing like a first person thing or are we going back to third person over the shoulder and they're they're approaching two different angles but they're getting at that point as well where it's like okay what happens next there has to be some sort of mm-hmm. come together and with final fantasy uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I would like to see the seven remake combat system move forward, but also build upon that and change that because there is still that thing that every Final Fantasy game does that I like where they try something new. They do a weird thing. They change the battle system. They try and build on like, oh, what if it's turn based, but like kind of turn based? Or what if it's a skill tree, but it's a sphere? Like they always are trying to at least rethink mm. something. So either way they could they could start with one of those things and continue to rethink and iterate on it i just prefer the seven remake one so how about you Liz? hybrid of what jake just mentioned i think because i think i don't have enough um 
reverence for the older Final Fantasy. So for me, I'm just kind of, again, vibes-based, enjoying what I played of, what I have played of 16 so far, which is well over half of the game. But I also really, really enjoyed 7. And I think there are certainly parts of both games I could cherry pick to augment my pre-order, so to speak, and make the why, the perfect game for me. <laughs> augment my pre-order is something that lives in my head. I still can't believe that was an actual thing that they tried to do. But you know, like there were certain bits of it that I would love to see coalesce and come together and Yeah. Just yeah. just I think I think I think side quests are the thing are the real bad shit in both. Like eliminate them, get rid. Ooh, no more side quests in a Final Fantasy game. Not with you on that, Lucy. No more crap side quests. Ooh, okay. no, no more, more crap quests in video games. Full stop. Good luck with that. <laughs> That's <laughs> a bold. That is a bold ambition. Just go one step further and say no more bad video games. Let's just do that. <laughs> oh, that is like You heard it here first on the Fans Per Second if- podcast. Our radical proposal: no more bad video games. <laughs> no more bad video games. <laughs> um, Tam, did you answer that one? I yeah, did, did answer that one, yeah. You oh, you yeah, did. did. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a very boring life. voice, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was dealing with my terrible child who was hissing at me. I have a question today, for you guys, so. uh, just just mm. in terms of broad 16 discussion. Um, the whole Game of Thrones comparison and it being very, very clearly inspired by Game of Thrones. As someone mm. who's not like super into Game of Thrones but knows a little bit, I could mm. see it here and there, but it's not something that bothered me does it does it bother you guys with more experience with the no. franchise uh no. as tam and i used to have to break down game of thrones every week <laughs> oh yeah uh, for a very successful video oh you think reddit podcast. people are mad at you damn yeah you want to try breaking down <laughs> yeah. game of thrones yeah of course of course yeah no, criticizing I, I, game of thrones was uh a risky business back then risky business up until, the, up until those later seasons then it got cool well yeah we started doing it in season six (laughs) um i don't find it egregious but i think that is because i read a lot of fantasy and so everyone is obviously going to pull the game of thrones comparison song of ice and fire comparison but i like fantasy and i also like british history so I'm just like, oh, yeah, you're just doing this thing. I'm doing that thing. And you've pulled inspiration from here. I I think it's fair to call out Game of Thrones. But for me, it's just something I, I, the thing that leaps out at me is when I'm playing is like, oh, this is British as hell. And that's where I'm enjoying it. And like the thing about Game of Thrones is as well is that it tarnished its own reputation so incredibly Hmm. uh, and not in a good way. I'm using the word incredible, but uh, yeah, that I purposely, I pretend that I do not see it. It's because it was mm. created by a guy from New Jersey. I, and that's what? what George Martin's from, from New Jersey. George no Railroad Martin is from New Jersey, yeah. No way, yeah, fuck he's, off. He's that's like a Joey Bag of Donuts, which is nothing, hilarious. <laughs> nothing good has ever come out of Jersey. That's a No, like, that's on, not man. true. The <laughs> I will not hear bad words That's about not from George Jersey. Oh, it's oh, said in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I say that with respect. I live right next door, all right? That's right, New Jersey exactly. has the best hot dogs. He likes my Elden Ring review. I went to a really nice Italian restaurant there. Oh yeah, he did like your Elden. He wrote about your Elden Ring. About, review he reviewed my Elden Ring review. <laughs> did he? He did. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. Um, did it. you put that on your visa stuff? Oh shit! I should do that. That's Get a that. Good in reminder. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Shit! What were we just talking about? Oh, oh yeah, George, I, 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 I feel like uh, the writing in aping 
Game of Thrones, the writing in Final Fantasy is improved. It's less cringe than a lot of mm. recent Final Fantasy games, I, especially I the agree. last one. I've, I've, there were parts of the last one I was like, God, who's writing this? Oh, like, 13, you mean? Uh, 15, the oh, Lads on sorry. Tour. Sorry, I totally forgot yeah. about 15 for a second. Yeah, yes, Lads on Tour, like a lot of the Final Fantasy. Lads and like, on... part of part of it is like what I, I love about it is the cringe, but like clearly sure. they've like the inspiration has taken and also they've got like some incredible localization with Koji Fox and, and crew. Yes. So like, I feel mm-hmm. like the Game of Thrones stuff has definitely elevated it to a degree, but also the, the setup for this entire game is Naruto and I will not hear anything different. And cross yes. with cross with Attack yes. on Titan. Uh, I am extremely disappointed that there is no cup noodle crossover. Firstly, I want to make yeah, that devastating. Really no cup noodles in DLC. No Prada. No Gucci. It's so Nothing. disappointed. Yeah. Really dropped the ball, Square Enix. And the last thing I will say is that the one takeaway that I have from this game, more than anything else, is I am so bummed that Dion was not a BFF party member from the start because mm. he fucking rules and it would be mm. awesome if he was your boy all the way through and mm. it's like ride or die and he was a party member and you were fighting alongside him it would be incredible and i'm just every time i saw him in more cutscenes, it made me more and more sad that he was not that they treated him the way that he did they did that's not a spoiler by the way the point is he's just always very distant from clive and if they were like road tripping together doing their thing this game would have been an absolute fucking banger <laughs> for real so same with gav more gav yeah, Gav is good. I don't know. Gav, I think, epitomizes just the bland nothing. Oh, here we go. Yes, I know he has the same <laughs> accent as you, Lucy. Okay, well, the thing is, relax. he doesn't because the guy who plays the him is fucking... No, the guy who plays him is from Scarborough. Oh, God. Here we so, go. Um, that's fine. Nuts. Oh. The, thing, the thing nuff, is, nuff. as well... He was nuff, nuff. If you know anything about Geordie's, which is the accent that Gav Gav has... Um, you'll know that there, are, and this is not. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this to be spoiler free as possible. If you know anything about Geordie's, there was a very infamous clip from Biker Grove where a kid gets shot in the face <laughs> with a paint gun, and he says, "Duncan, I can't see. I'm blind." And I just find it pretty messed up what happens to Gav. He's fine. <laughs> this whole thing oh involving involving eyes and oh i was like god. are you joking are you joking <laughs> i'm sure that's not this what they the... were thinking of when they did that Lucy. well no I, I would love it i would love it if someone on the writing team just that. came across that clip i love the idea of a bunch of geordies being triggered by final fantasy 16 because of a, a biker grove reference <laughs> yep <laughs> i want a final fantasy game now to have uh, a character with like a harsh disgusting new york like long island accent <laughs> like mine that just That'd like rips sick. people out of the game that would be great i feel like it you could get away with it's that mature now so like, like yeah. that's my one other question is do you guys like a mature final fantasy with gore with the word fuck sometimes Shaggin. i was worried yes but i liked it i love that because it doesn't feel uh, agree. You know how you know how sometimes you know how Borderlands. Okay, I don't want to call a Borderlands comparison, but you know how some games are like, oh, we have this mature rating, we can swear, we can get violent, and they just just run it into the ground. I actually think that sixteen handles it deftly. I think it's actually. A I don't feel like fun. it added too much to it here and there, but like it felt refreshing just for what it yeah. was. Yeah. I yeah, the mature thing for me neither here nor there because you know I think of Final Fantasy. Um, sorry, I think of Xenoblade for example, which is definitely not at all mature. But that series, I just I just love that series. I think it's awesome, and I just as a as a JRPG, you know that that kind of thing. 
Um, yeah, I, I really adore it. And yeah, so I don't look at or, or, or persona. Like, would you say persona's mature? Yeah, it is obviously, yeah, but in a very different way. Some, in a very yeah. different way than this is mature. Yeah. Right? It's it's still mature in terms of its themes and whatever, but tonally it's quite different. So yeah, mm. for me, it, I don't think Final Fantasy becomes better when it's mature in its tone. It's just a different thing, but I'm okay with it being different in that way. Like I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Yeah, I like that as a shakeup. I don't necessarily need yeah. the next one to continue. Like I don't need Final Fantasy 17 to also be mature rated. But mm. for now, a nice little shakeup. Yeah, sure. Thanks. All right, let's move on then to a listener question or a user question if you have anything for us uh email it to contact at friendsforsecond.com i remembered nice very nice uh this one is from max spencer with the new expanse game getting announced uh from telltale what tv slash film properties would be your dream adaptation to a video game and what type of game would it be i've got one go on uh lost Definitely. <gasps> I have never seen Lost, but I really love well, that. I-, I really love that people enjoy it. Like, I love you people. You're freaks. <laughs> so I'd be so happy yeah, for you guys to have a Lost game. I mean, there was a Lost game. <laughs> there was. Lost via Dormus. Oh, my God. It was a not what good. an experience uh. that game is. <laughs> oh, no, no. But Lost could be a really cool survival crafting uh, experience uh, as a game, I think. Is that what you want out like, of a lost game? <laughs> no, but at the same, like, imagine you are on the island, you are figuring out the politics of the place, then maybe the others come, maybe the, the folks at the tail end of the plane come, you have to figure out what's going on with the Dharma Initiative, you find the hatch, you're figuring all that stuff out. Listen, think about this, 60 John Locke's parachute onto an island, right? <laughs> <laughs> lost Battle Royale. <laughs> Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my answer for this one is Battlestar Galactica, baby. There was a game um, for that. That's pretty nerdy. <laughs> there was, I know, there was a Battlestar Galactica game, uh, Battlestar Galactica Online, which I did play. Um, it wasn't one of the best, but you could do easily a Mass Effect style oh, yeah. action adventure game with that. Like, not knowing if some of your party members are actually Cylons who get activated later on. Like there is, I mean, spoilers for Dragon Age Inquisition, but that (laughs) game came out nine years ago, but a very similar thing happens in there. Sure. Um, Baldur's Gate 2, same thing happened. mm -hmm. Yeah. Like actually Dragon Age Origins too, right? Yep. Uh, Yeah, there's the elf in that. Uh, The the one whose name began with with a Z. He... Or at least he did in my game, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, But like you know, you could do uh, dog fighting. So you're fighting in the um, in the colonial fleet, and then you're fighting against the Cylon raiders. You could go to Cylon uh, like base ship. You could visit all the planets. It'd be be cool. This sounds like an obsidian joint. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I just finished watching Succession, final episode. So what I really want is a Telltale Succession game where oh. all oh. you get to dish out is just the most horrific, hurtful stuff over and over again. And uh, just with the, the odd, like, you know. Uh, Fuck off. Odd, 
on, on fuck off. There's like a just button fuck off you can button. press yeah, at any time that just says fuck off. <laughs> Kendall will uh, remember that. <laughs> Kendall uh, will remember someone, that. So uh, you can, uh, on The Sims, you can do custom sort of like game things at the moment. And someone just made a succession, succession thing where no, it's you, cool. yeah, you, you, you play as the siblings and you have a one crotchety older Incredible. sibling, elder parent who's dying. <laughs> Incredible. I love it. I love it. What a show though. What a uh, devastating Incredible. Yeah, My one. Yeah. My one, I have thought long and hard about this for way too long. I've mentioned it. It'll be Remedy Games presents Supernatural. I oh, think they yeah. would make. I've said that before. They works. would make an yeah. incredible co-op shooter, like with uh, like this the weird supernatural elements of a Remedy game, but with actual like occult shit. And it's kind of Gears of Warry, where you've got these two brothers. One's really good at shooting. The other one's really good at like magic and shit like that and it's it's just a story about them i think they would do an amazing job with that i want them to make an x-files game that'd be cool yep that's get back david be... Duchovny and and cool. uh and uh and jillian anderson and they'd crush it it's i have anything I have... from remedy really yeah, <laughs> yeah it's all good it's, it's fine. i have a real one since lost didn't count because i've never actually seen it um <laughs> <laughs> and there there was a mike bithel joint but i would like more john wick games i think yeah. there is it's like primed yeah. for a video game but i've seen a lot of people say they want like a third person shooter max Payne type or like a game where it's like yeah it's like a third person shooter where like you could assume what it would be like canned animations for like finishers and stuff i think sifu. there needs to yeah, be yeah it needs to be something more like sifu it needs to be yeah. there needs to be some creative angle to it almost like where it's just you're you're not it's not really like executing the shooting it's managing the stamina and the timing between each person like you're working Mm. your way through finishing everybody there's some sort of creative angle there that like i'm not smart enough to come up with but i i think there's something there that was the did you play the bithel game by the way uh a little bit yeah that was that though that was that was that's what that was well essentially but it was in a kind of grid-based turn-based thing or like you had to manage your time as you moved around right not quite what you're describing but in a similar way it wasn't just like punching and kicking it was about like managing your time as you move through this level and like you know what i mean executing stuff all right so like a crazier like gorier like more real like but also i think it's like there's a story stuff which like they're coming out with that show based on the continental i'm curious to see how that how that goes but um this is a weird thing I kind of want to harp on is the, the preservation of characters and actors. And we're seeing this more and more with like Harrison Ford being de-aged for Indiana Jones and like all this awkward shit that in my opinion doesn't always work where I think it absolutely is allowed to and can work in a video game. If you had Harrison Ford play a young Indiana Jones for an entire video game about it. If you have Keanu Reeves, who is it's hard to you know admit, but he is getting older yeah. No. A, a young Keanu Reeves no, in not. a in a John Wick like early pre like young John Wick like on his main adventures for the Russian mob like that can work and I would I would love to see stuff like that. Mm. Yep. Anyway, tangent mm. over. <laughs> Excuse me. Yep. Mike, sorry, the coffee's only just hitting now. Star petition. Thank you, thank you, Max. Obviously, there are way more games that have come out over the past couple of weeks. Uh, let's chat about what we have been playing very quickly. Um, I'll briefly say, because I can't go into it in too much detail, but I've been playing Viewfinder, which is that really cute, like, it's who's it from? Sad Owl Studios, published by Thunderful. And it's been around, I've, I've seen it at, like, various 
stages over the years, mm. definitely from trailers and stuff. It's such a cool concept. You take a picture, uh, you you hold on a picture in your hand and you put it up and whatever is on the picture just changes the world. So you can <laughs> add doors and bridges. It is just such a cool concept. I only just started it, so I can't say too much about it, but I'm having such a lovely time. Very whimsical, mm. which is... And Ralph, you and I were talking about it, and I was like, "It's a Lucy ass game." It is like, a Lucy ass yeah. game for sure. No, I played, I played that actually at Summer Games Fest, and uh, was mm. yeah blown away by it. But you just look at the trailers, and you're just like, "It's so hard oh, to describe yeah. what it is." Anyone that's listening to the podcast, apologies, but yeah, you really, it's just the way that you are able to transform a space in this com- completely unexpected way. That's only really possible in the world of video games. It's almost yeah. like, well, I guess it's something. Like Christopher Nolan, you know, like with uh, Inception, how there's all this weird, mm-hmm. the way the world twists and turns and it's fucking whatever. It's like you can do that here in this game by putting like holding up a Polaroid in front of a space and then that makes it reality, you know? It's Rem- so fascinating. It reminds me of Super Liminal, is that what it's called? That game yeah. about oh, sure. Like it's yeah. very much that. Yep, yep. Spoke to the devs about it. They yeah. said that they'd be doing a ton of playtesting because the biggest challenge they had was teaching people how to think in this way when they were playing the game because mm-hmm. people were just like getting so stumped sometimes. And so they've had to, yeah, really extensively playtest, redesign parts of it. And as I was playing through it, it felt very intuitive. They were very clearly guiding you through mm-hmm. things without any pop-ups happening. They were just showing you how to mm-hmm. do it in that kind of like a Nintendo-esque way of just... You know, mm. that user experience introduction is just was really flawless. So um Yeah. It went out. That's a, it's out a, soon, right? Soon, yeah. I think so. Uh, the de- there was a de- there was a demo on Steam next next fest, I think, too. Yeah, I don't think that's um, available anymore though. No, yeah, the demos are all be taken down, but it's it's super cool. And like, yeah, it's super intuitive. Nineteenth is July. it challenging? It's, There's like a it's it's like a puzzler. No, right? it's a puzzler, yeah. yeah. It's not it, well, yeah. well, maybe it gets hard later, but I don't get the feeling that it would become hard. I get the feeling that it's just going to be a chill, fun, like just enjoy yourself kind of game, that kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. very, very colorful mm. and just very. Yeah. It, it kind of. Obviously, there's the fantastical element to it because you are literally walking into pictures that you have holding up. But there is something about the world where it feels very familiar and yet very alien at the same time. Yes. Which I think is a very. Um, Okay. Very cool and like makes you want to explore it. And even though, you know, actually interacting with things is very minimal, mm. uh, it just means that, you know, I'm I'm still just aching to see more of it. I think mm. it's a really cool concept, very well executed. Remains to be seen, obviously, if it maintains that throughout the whole thing, but I've had a nice time. I'm playing yeah. it on Steam Deck too, and it works pretty great. Lovely. But what else have you boys been playing? Who wants just, to start? just just briefly, I booted up Ghost Trick. So Ghost Trick oh, is yeah, you mentioned. yeah, Ghost Trick is um, a remaster of a 3DS game that was created by the person behind Ace Attorney, and you play as a dead person who is able to possess objects cool. and then can use them to sort of like manipulate events, like travel back in time and save people mm-hmm. from dying and whatever. Uh, I've only played the first, I'm going to say, hour and a bit, but it makes such a strong first impression. Like is this the your first writing. Time? Yeah. No, oh, never. okay. Cool. Yeah. The writing is so tight. Like, it is just top tier. The fucking desk lamp that I met has more personality than 85% of the characters I've played, I met in most AAA games over the last 10 years. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's not exaggeration, by the way. Like, the writing is that good that it just pulls you in. The art is fantastic. The puzzles are clever. It moves at such a great pace. It's just such a 
really fantastically put together little product so far. And I've heard it's sort of carries that all the way through. So I'm have really you met Missile yet? Uh, yeah, you have met Missile, <laughs> the little, the little missile. Uh, Pomeranian. Yeah, yeah, he's sick. He's fantastic. He's so um, cute. So, yeah, it's just a really, it's so many interesting ideas in it as well. It's kind of like this sort of, you know, like Lucas Pope. He has these ideas mm. that are just like, you're like, how did you come up with this shit and put it all into a game and make it work? It's that where it's like, how did you come up with the idea that you can travel between scenes using the phone line? Because that's how the dead travel between worlds through telephone lines. It's just gamifying so many objects and ideas and putting them all into this little neat package with top tier presentation and amazing writing and as i said so much personality for each character you meet uh i'm like just really blown away by it in this first hour alone it's very few games make such a strong first impression i find so weirdly detailed animations like weirdly yeah, was, that, was it like that in the 3ds Yes. Oh, so the, like okay, the, right. the swishing and like of like everything. hair and cloaks and the little spin that he does every yes. time he emotes. Like he's like it's weird point of reference, but like he's a detective who has like Michael Jackson mannerisms. Yes. So like, yes. He's like he'll moonwalk <laughs> into a crime scene and do a little spin. And <laughs> yeah. then like, I'm sold. He's like he's is so good. But that's it's a so perfect good. example of just like so many little tiny details that they have put into this that make the presentation just pop like just to a level that just seems yeah just so blown it's, away by it's it. one of those games that is the best way to describe it is genuinely delightful like yeah you, you start playing it and it just puts a smile on your face and you're like yeah i just want to keep playing this and it's yes. so and it's got like nice puzzles in there as well and every line of dialogue is going to make you laugh like it's like eh, it's that's so funny. good that's good so I definitely recommend checking out. That's mm. just releasing, I think tomorrow it comes out or so it'll be out by the time this podcast hits. It's called Ghost Trick. Nice. It's on all platforms. <laughs> it should be a discount title because it just has that kind of energy. I'm sure it's like half price or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, I'm going to play mm. and finish that. I'm really, really loving it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? So Street <laughs> Fighter 6 also came out. We haven't really talked about it since uh, it kind of came out around the summer game craziness. Uh, I have not touched it. I'm not a fighting game wow person i have it well you we're, we're doing something at work where we we're going to be playing it for something so i've been abstaining i watched the best thing about i can say streamer because i haven't played it but i would mm. say the best thing i can say about it is i watched jake's video and, and jake has this line in it it's like everyone has like a sick ass and cool boobs <laughs> 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 and I'm like, that is the greatest line ever in any video review of all time. Just fucking sick everyone else go home. Cool everyone boobs. has a sick ass and cool boobs. It's true. <laughs> boobs or boots? Boobs. Cool boobs. I thought you said boots. And I was like, oh. <laughs> no. I, have so, I had to pause the video when I was watching it because I lost my shit so much at that line. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. So, yeah. Tinder profile. My... I'm looking for sick ass and cool <laughs> boobs. <laughs> I haven't not played it at all. Otherwise, that's literally my only comment on Street Fighter. Oh, so other good. than I can see it. Obviously, people are really liking it. But are people liking mm. it? Are they sticking with it? How's it going in that longer tail stuff? Yeah, it's 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 going. It, there's more um, vibrancy and like buzz around Street Fighter than there has been in a long time. Uh, Street Fighter Five was like a game that came out, and there wasn't a lot of like excitement around it. People like eventually, it was almost felt begrudging in the way that community kind of like rallied around it. It was like it's just Street Fighter, so we're kind of obligated to play <laughs> this game and figure it out. And it never yielded the kind of excitement that 
Street Fighter Four definitely did, um, and this feels like it's it's is a complete like one eighty on that, and it's there's like a buzz around the entire game, and people are figuring things out, and there's an excitement for more content. There's people who I've never seen talk about or play fighting games being like, I've got Street Fighter, I'm playing Street Fighter, it's fantastic, and we were in LA, and people were like bringing Steam decks and Switch, uh, Switch not Switches, hitboxes and. And like, we had it in our green room, didn't we? Yeah, at one point, people, yeah, people nice just like bouncing like, and gathered around, fire. like people just playing that, and and it's like it's, it is like, and that just speaks, and it's happening because it's a fantastic game. It's got like open ended systems. It's got way more room for creativity. It's actually got a cast of characters that is has really kind of like people have really taken to. It can always be hit and miss when they they make new characters and. Even one of the characters in the game, Luke, was introduced in the Street Fighter Five, and they brought him on, and they were like, "He's the new face of Street Fighter." And people were like, "He sucks. He looks like a douche, <laughs> and we hate him." I remember um, though that that thread. There was a lot of anger yeah, towards that. Exactly, yeah. and they took that character and reworked him to the point where now people genuinely like him. He's like wow. a nice. Yeah, yeah. They've like reworked. He doesn't look as much like a douche, but he's still got that cocky mannerism and he's he feels like he's a leading man now. He'll he'll never replace Ryu or Ken, but like sure. they at least are making a good case for him. And I know people who are like main Luke now instead of being just disgusted by his hair and his attitude um, he's got weird sure. popeye arms yes yeah, weird popeye arms are weird like he had to like the, him up. the five from street fighter the street fighter five logo like tattooed across his chest and it, <laughs> he looked like a jake paul wannabe and it was awful um but yeah like oh, the, yeah. The, the systems are like now he looks way better he looks he looks mm-hmm. like a, he looks like a kind of guy that you wouldn't be upset having a conversation with mm-hmm. um but yeah like the systems are really well thought out and satisfying um people are like really spending a lot of time figuring out characters and finding hidden depths of them and figuring out how these weird systems interlock and break or don't break and and can be like exploited and there's like a buzz around competitive play as well and it's just an exciting time to be a Street Fighter fan right now especially um which is something that I've definitely missed and it's been like I've been hoping it would be that, and I'm so glad that it is that. Um, and I'm like excited about the future of this game. There was a time <laughs> when like Street Fighter Five came out, and they were like, "We've got new characters," and I was like, "I don't know if I care, man." Mm. Um, but like, I'm eager for the new DLC characters to drop. Um, I want to play more. I've sadly not played as much as I want to, just because of traveling and summer games first and reviews and that kind of stuff. But I'm just dying to sit down and and spend a lot of time with it. Is it like your daily driver? You reckon is it like my destiny, and is it your like one hundred percent? I think I, I need to actually like start building the habit again because right, um, right, right. But what I know that once I sit down and Final Fantasy has been taking a lot of my time as is Diablo, mm. and those are games that like I start playing to kind of almost sanity check reviews. Like if a review comes in, I generally try and play the games at the same time, um, and because of that, it means that like Street Fighter came in, I started playing that game um, for the review purposes, <laughs> and then. Diablo came and I had to move to that and then I moved to Final Fantasy and then Summer Games Fest and then we were away for a while. So now I'm just waiting for like the calm to to hit again so I can jump in and it will definitely become my daily driver in the same way Destiny is for you. Street Fighter has always been my daily driver. Yeah. I'm just glad that like your type of person likes it because I played it. I really liked it. But I was like, hey, I like it. I'm like a casual. I think it's a good game for people to get into. But like, I have no idea how hardcore Street Fighter fans, the community is going to respond to it. So 
I'm so happy. That's good it's, because yeah. like it is just it's a good package. Enough. It's easy. To, it's easy to recommend, man. Like I, in terms of like compared to like maybe other than like the NetherRealm games because you get all that fun single player stuff. Like out of all the other fighting game franchises, like this is the one now. I'm like, oh yeah, no. If you haven't played a Street Fighter or like a fighting game, this is a good one to jump in because there's so much mm. and I like all of it. It's all like <laughs> really compelling. The the tour mode is fun. It's wacky and silly, but it's a good way of introducing you to the characters, the systems, stuff like that. And I talked about it in my video, but just like the control schemes and how they can kind of gateway drug you to the next one, you know, to go from modern to classic, I think is like super smart. And it is definitely one that I will actually go back to. I usually bounce off of these hard, but now I know like if there is like a place where I see someone playing it or like when you guys had it in the green room for the giant bomb thing, I was like, oh, I would walk up and I would I would I would hop in for a little yeah. while. And I haven't I, I can't really say that about a lot of fighting games. And that's that's big for me. Like mm. it, it made Street Fighter exciting again for me as an outsider, because yeah. like I was caught in that Street Fighter five thing where like I wasn't like a like a Street Fighter person, but I was like, ah, oh, you know. Nobody really seems super enthused about this. Yeah. So now for the enthusiasm to be swirling around six, there's, it's great. There's yeah. a there's a lightness and almost like a fun approachability to Street Fighter Six that wasn't there in Street Fighter Five because it's harder to feel good playing it. Street Fighter Five, you had to like to really feel like you were doing something. You had to have a intimate knowledge of how the game works because it was built in a way that the only way to feel like you were doing something is to know what you weren't able to do and the limitations of it and then figure it out. Whereas this feels like you can pick it up and just start hitting buttons. And one, cool stuff will happen. Two, like the, you very quickly, certainly more than 355, you start to gain a sense, you start to feel a sense of clarity in what you're doing and you notice, oh, I'm doing this and thus this is happening. And when I do that, it results in the other player doing this. So you start to learn how to play that game much faster than you would Street Fighter Five. Um, it kind of reminds me of almost, I don't want to make the comparison, but like it's kind of like Smash where like you pick it up and you're like, oh, if I press up on the stick, this uppercut comes out and it does this. And Although Street Fighter Six definitely has those modern control schemes, that's not what I mean. It's like you press a button and you know, oh, this is going to happen. And then it kind of, it's very good about rapidly building your confidence in the game, um, in your ability to play the game, or at the very least in your ability to have fun. Because oftentimes you, I saw a lot of people will play the game, they won't win, but they have enough fun during the process of the fight that they still like, I didn't win, but I had a good time doing it. I want to do it again. And mm. I feel, I feel like that's a key kind of, major factor and why it's being treated and being received so well it is it feels f like very organic how they do it like it's like how it's all presented the amount of content in it that it does get you into because i've always been I, I i dabble i jump into all the fighting games uh but i've always been like expressly intimidated by street fighter and i went into this one like okay i'll see what i'll see what happens <laughs> and slowly it kind of just like opened up and i was like holy shit i get this i really mm. finally get this mm. yeah i definitely um, want to circle back to it because yeah just, it looks great and I, I just at least want to sample the world tour stuff and i want to see the arcade stuff and you know i don't think i can imagine myself going into the online stuff but hey maybe if it pulls you in and it pulls me in and i really connect to it sure 
But I do want to see what they've done with all that because everything I've heard about it is just everyone's loving all that stuff as well. So yeah. Make a weird freak. Go run around world yeah, tour yeah, yeah. mode. Give it a couple of hours. It starts a little slow, but like, I mean, you could just run up and punch anybody you want. How, how so. long does it take to get through that world tour? Is it like 10 hours? What do you reckon? I think it's like, I think it's longer than that. I think it's like, oh, really? Okay. It's a little longer than okay. that. Yeah. Surprise. I mean, I it thought. depends how many like old ladies you're beating up on the way. Sure. Yeah. A bit of that was what I was doing yeah. mostly. Oh, yeah. It's my, my world tour is it's on site for old ladies. Like, if, <laughs> if you're an old lady, you're getting it in my it's world. It's on site. Yeah. Right there. I'm very excited to listen to the soundtrack, which have you seen this? The soundtrack is coming to. Um, streaming devices uh, no, platforms no, no. with nice a cool 284 tracks <laughs> oh my wow. god wow yeah. how does it have that many like i, is like, I do not know <laughs> that's wild wow okay good lord Unless, there's like, i mean there's like day and night versions of a lot of songs so it's like right very yeah. weird. but still 200 gee almost 300 that's excessive wall-to-wall bangers let's hope they do that uh, much sound track when they eventually make a new sequel to marvel vs. capcom oh god imagine please please let's do that gonna take you for Uh, a ride that's right i actually have been playing uh diablo 4 uh diablo 4 actually and um yeah because i obviously haven't had the chance to play anything while i was away and then came back and had to smash final fantasy and then Mm -hmm. destiny is the kind of thing where i'm like i should be playing more destiny because it's the season and I've only got a small window to play it because I actually go away on holiday next month mm-hmm. for like a full month with my family. So I'm like, I really need to smash out Destiny to get everything done for this season so I don't miss out. But the truth is, I'm just really not feeling Destiny at the moment and a lot of the Destiny community are feeling that. Like it's really at a very low point for the game. Uh, it's facing a lot of challenges in terms of like its seasonal content, its technical state, uh, just overall momentum and whatever. And also, I think there are other games that are really pulling people's attention. This is a big year for video games. There's a lot of stuff that people want to play. Uh, and Diablo scratches a lot of itch that that Destiny scratch. You know, they're, they're both big uh, looters where you build characters and do the thing, right? Um, mm. So I've been going back to that and I've been chugging, like sort of chipping away at a character, like a druid, and I'm like level 45 or something now. I'm still only just past Act 1. I'm just doing everything on the map, taking it super slow. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying just having that to like randomly click on while I catch up on old YouTube videos. And uh, there's been a lot going on in the background for me personally right now. And having Diablo as the thing that I can go to is just... and Because what I also do is I, I installed Fortnite. I installed Apex Legends. And I've like... Because I'm like, I'm going to try some other live service stuff right now to see what clicks. And my stupid looter shooter brain just always comes back to like, I want to click on things. And I want to click loot. And so apex mm-hmm. looks really fun it's got all this cool stuff and i'm like wow they added all these zip lines on the map and look how fast you can get around now there's all these new characters and i'm like this rules but i'm like eh, it's also a little bit stressful and uh I, oh wow i died after getting zero kills no, i'm gonna go play some diablo and then i sit there for four hours <laughs> and i just click on demons and i'm like this rules man hell yeah let's go <laughs> um so it's been interesting i think as well there's the seasonal stuff coming later which i'm interested in that does involve creating a new character which a lot of people are quite upset about they're surprised to learn that um but i mean i don't know i'll I'll see how that goes i i actually expect i'll take a bit of time off destiny in the future and just to well i mean like there's just nothing going on right now it's 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 and I don't see that changing anytime soon uh, until the final shape. You're green. Can't next you year. be green now? You can. You can shoot green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? believe me, we've 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 spanked that. That's we've done it. You know, it's oh. fantastic. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's done. 
And so now it's like, I think it's also healthy to take a break from games. You know, like Absolutely. it's healthy to take a break from these games. The challenge obviously is the whole FOMO thing where it becomes mm. harder to get all the stuff. They don't want you to take a break. But I think it's important that you do. Otherwise, you just start to feel really burned out by them. So um, mm -hmm. I'm listening to that, playing Diablo and uh, liking liking it overall. Like uh, there's mm. lots of problems, I think, with it still. I'm playing a druid. He's not super fun to play. Uh, it's also the uh, whole itemization and progression side of it's quite slow and quite stifled. But for now, I'm happy just to be, as I said, clicking on demons. So is anyone else playing Diablo yeah. still? Is anyone else still touching? Yeah, uh, it, it drew me in way more than okay. three. Wow, cool. I oh, am yeah. loving the you're, world, the you're playing atmosphere. It. Yeah, I, I, no I did like a first impressions video. I knew that, um, but I wasn't sure if you were still playing it now. But yeah, yeah, I try to when there's time. Because I just, I, I really, I just, I just, again, like it's vibes. I just yes. really like just going in. Getting a couple whacks, killing mm. a couple demons. Mm. You know, it it looks cool, it feels cool, it sounds cool. Yeah. And like I know a lot of people, it's like their passive game. Yes. And I know it's like a lot of hours, but I, I love just like kind of putting headphones in and turning the lights off and just kind of zoning out in it. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Have you I, I went pretty hard on it in the review period, and then I didn't I just didn't have it in me to start it again mm. so i have it but i'm just gonna take a little bit of a break and i think you know once i'm through still going away chipping away at zelda final fantasy um once i'm kind of done with those i will i will return yeah have you tried putting it on a steam deck you know what i have put it oh. on oh hell yeah you should put it on a steam deck this is the rog ally this is the rog ally and um mm -hmm. yeah i i've been playing it on this actually i actually have been and it works perfectly mm. um yeah didn't at first it was a bit rough but then they sort of like diablo patched and it, and then this had some patches as well and now it runs super well i mean it's just like a very good way to sit here wow. and play handheld diablo um so none of you guys have this yet do you no, no okay. I've been thinking about getting one. Um, I would I would say, like, just very quick high-level review of this, like, in this moment. Um, I would say if you've already got a Steam Deck, I don't yeah. think you need this, right? I think the Steam yeah. Deck is going to meet your needs in much the same way this does in nearly as good a capacity when it comes to technical specs. But the Steam Deck is superior in terms of its software and its support and that sort of thing, which is where this still has a ways to go, right? So you can definitely... It's an it's easier to play Battle.net games and Epic games and that sort of stuff here unless you want to go through the bullshit of doing it on the Steam Deck via or whatever through Linux or whatever. Not that difficult, but whatever it is a barrier. Uh, you will get better performance on the Steam on the Asus, but it costs you the battery, so you have to be conscious of that. Yeah. But overall, it still feels to me like if you've got a deck, you definitely don't need this. However, if you don't, this is definitely something worth checking out because it has a lot of stuff that makes it like really, really mm. worth checking out. I think. So, yeah. damn. So, yeah, Diablo I, works perfectly fine on Steam Deck. It, it yeah. takes like maybe half an hour to get it on there, less than Correct. that. Most yeah. of that time is just mm. waiting. But I was surprised at how well it runs on there. Obviously, you do need to have an internet connection to play at all times. Sure. So, like that was the one of one of the major downsides of taking it to Summer Games first. It was like I'm only really playing it. Stop smiling, Lucy. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm only really playing it at, uh, at my hotel. When I told her I've got my Steam Deck with Diablo, she's like, uh where are you going to be playing that then? On the plane? <laughs> like, I pulled well, this face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did play it a few times in like in in the hotel. Out of spite. Wi -Fi it, just just to yeah, just out of spite, and yeah. it worked really well. Yes, 
It does, it does, it does. So, uh, but no, it's nice to see these handheld PCs like kind of happening yeah. and Xbox is going to be committing more and more to that um, Asus device. Like they're going to be doing partnership stuff around it and Game Pass stuff and whatever. And uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. I like it. I think uh, it's nice that there's options. And I think that being a, a, a way stronger option than something like the Aya Neo. Yes. Uh, which they're on mm. like their second gen of that. Um, I had people like I had friends that are like handheld perverts um, that sold me like I, I was sitting there like, OK, yeah, maybe I should get one. And I'm like, wait, no, no, you I don't. have a Steam Deck. No. This is ridiculous. You, you definitely crazy. don't. It, it's it's the it's marginal improvements over the over the Steam Deck. I would yeah. say that. And like later on, there's going to be because Asus will surely make like a version two of this, whereas Valve have said yeah. that they're not going to be making a new yeah. piece of kit for a while. And I think when that performance gap grows, this becomes more compelling. And also when they uh, like iron out a lot of their like software side stuff and really hopefully they stick with this and hopefully they build out mm. this category because I think this has a lot of potential. But right now, I think the Steam Deck, if someone was to ask me, what should I buy? I would say, buy a Steam Deck. I actually would. Where, actually would. where the, the Steam Deck difference? falls short. It's This is a few hundred dollars, maybe $200 more expensive than the Steam Deck. Like not like oh, okay, massive yeah, price yeah. difference, but like it's something. But you know? still, yeah. yeah. Where the Steam Deck <laughs> falls short, like do you do you see yourself ever playing Destiny on the Ally? I, I actually have played it on the Ally, yeah. And so one of the things, unfortunately, at the beginning was that there was some uh, like stuttering issues with this, but that has apparently been smoothed out by the BIOS updates. I haven't checked it yet. But um, but the thing is, yeah, like you, that is a huge use case for this because the Linux platform does limit what you can do with the Steam Deck. There are workarounds for some things, but not others. And mm. Destiny is a good example where you can't, you cannot play that on a Steam Deck uh actually no that's true you, you could do it through windows yeah that's true that's not true you, you know there are always ways to get around it on steam deck mm. but it's a pain in the ass right versus yeah. this is just plug and play and so um i have tested destiny on it but again i i'm not playing i don't use this device for that i use it because i want to play like you know, ghost trick for example which i'm playing on my steam deck now but i could play it on this or whatever like it's i view these devices mm. as a chance to play indies last gen games low resolution stuff like I don't want to play AAA uh, bangers on on a handheld. I have my setups for that, um, but for other things, I think it's absolutely perfect. Last question: uh, If you're sitting on the couch, mm. in terms of feel, yep. which one would you go for? Um, which one would you prioritize? Look, the the Steam Deck is really nice because it has these big grips at the side of it that really like your hands sink into. Um, having said that, this is lighter. Um, Look, I don't think that'll be a determining factor. I think this is plenty comfortable. I would say that. Like, you're not going to... You hold the Steam, you the Switch, and you're like, ah, my hands, they're about to fucking fall off. Whereas you hold <laughs> this and you're like, yeah, this is fine. Uh, e- either way, uh, probably would prefer the Steam Deck on balance, but it's a lot heavier, the Steam Deck. And it also has a bigger, bulkier profile. This is quite thin and it packs away yeah. quite smartly. Um, so there's lots of reasons why ergonomically this is perfectly fine I, I don't think that'd be a differentiating factor between the two okay yeah. cool cool that's the little rug ally deck on the fly there you go the yeah. uh, rug ally review uh, on the fly nice uh anyone else been playing anything that they want to talk about any any anything for the class marvel snap that's about it otherwise damn we're still playing oh that? wow oh, i'm still on, on that man i'm like level three thousand, like collector's Whoa. level on that yeah yeah haven't spent any money except for the season passes uh, it's a great game and I really recommend checking it out. Like their 
monetization is laughable in the sense that they try and charge you like a hundred dollars for shit but the good news is you don't need any of that it's all garbage just ignore it and then just play the game and it's fine you know so uh i've i don't i just i straight up never buy anything on it and i never feel ripped off i never feel like i'm not able to enjoy the game properly uh it's just a really great great game i love it i really do love it so much it used to be clash royale for me on my phone until that game oh yeah that's made right. me really mad all the time and i was like i need to quit this game now for my mental health and now <laughs> this is great because it's much lower stakes you don't really give a fuck about this nice. you know uh yeah. so yeah marble snap man mm. <gasps> you heard that tam uh q1 2024 uh, for hollow knight no it's not are you joking Android- I said an Android. Please calm down. Oh, dude. <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? Uh, they just, for some reason, they've just made Hollow Knight. They just, I've seen a bunch of tweets. Hollow Knight pre-order. It's just an Androids everywhere. God. Oh, like the little figurine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Damn. There's a okay. Hollow Knight. God. Good smile pre-order. Hollow Knight. Silk Song. Stand. <laughs> it is really cute, an Android, to be fair. It's yeah. really good. It is cute. Uh, mm. All right, I'm but gonna like move doing us on Hollow Knight then. Silk Song yes. round the base pre-order is is a bit cheeky. Yeah, that's that's very cheeky. All right, I'm gonna move us along to this week in the Wayback. Uh, every episode, we take a look back at some of the games that released in the kind of these two weeks many moons ago. It's just nice to reminisce sometimes. Uh, Tam, I'm gonna go to you. What's your this week in the Wayback? Um, I think Ralph mentioned this earlier, but Marvel vs. Capcom Two that came Oof. out. Um, this day, many, many years ago, a masterpiece of a video game, just, uh, the, one of the best fighting games of all time. I would say probably the best video game soundtrack ever created. Yes. Yes. I think I would say, and the best thing about that soundtrack is you can put it over any game (laughs) and it improves that game. So I used to do these stream, which were Hades jukebox streams, which is like, I would turn the music down in Hades and Mm. let stream uh, whoever's watching the chat select what music it was sure. and whenever i put on marvel versus capcom 2 people will be like this is fucking awesome let's just do this <laughs> so i would just play hades through the marvel versus capcom soundtrack and it would work so good um responsible for many memes one of the best fighting games ever created it really was wasn't it i i mean we grew up with fighting games in my house uh, we were never super serious about them but like we definitely had marvel vs. capcom we had street fighter 2 and we had uh, the, and Mortal Kombat, the original, and three, and uh, and Soul Calibur. But oh, I yeah. think the one that we probably put the most time in, no, I think the one we put the most time in is probably Soul Calibur. But I think number two is Marvel vs. Capcom uh, because we just loved it so much. It was just like, yeah, it was incredible. What a game. What a game. Uh, I love the art. I love yep. the way the characters look, like all, like seeing all my favorite characters, but like in these styles is so cool. Even the cabinet itself, like, just looks so sick. Yep. Yeah, I, really I, I if you if you just go to Google and type in Bengus B E N G U S, that's the artist behind that style. The amount of times that I just like just go to Google Images and look at Bengus's work, it's just so fucking good. Oh yeah, my right. god, interesting. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Cool. Well, uh, I got. Oh, sorry. Okay, Jake, yeah, please. Oh, no, sorry. Ralph, go I ahead. Know, so, well, just I go got steamroll me. Says, <laughs> Yours so, is good. So <laughs> it's, it, that same sort of uh, vintage, that same sort of era, uh, it was uh, 25 years ago today, Banjo-Kazooie released on the Nintendo 64. Oh, my God. 
speaking of like greatest games of all time arguably mm-hmm. one of the greatest 3d platformers ever i mean yeah like, uh, well hang on is there anything better than mario and this is there any better 3d platformers in those two games croc klonoa <laughs> Klonoa. Legend of the gobos baby Spy- spyro <laughs> uh nah, yeah spyro sucks sorry is that <laughs> just absolutely- bring more haters onto this podcast <laughs> <laughs> all these greek people are like what did you say about spiros um <laughs> so, so um banjo kazooie uh, incredible absolutely flawless top to bottom every inch of its design every like creative idea and mechanics the soundtrack grant kirkhope just absolutely flawless mm. just like unmistakable in every single note uh i don't know man this is i don't want to say they don't make them like this anymore but it almost feels like they don't make them like this anymore like just what a what an yeah. incredible achievement for that game to exist in that way just this raw burst of creativity and perfection on every single axis you know what i mean so um yeah man Ooh. and then uh, nuts and bolts yeah so and Tui and then nuts and bolts yeah. so <laughs> well you know Things have to end eventually, so. <laughs> the good times can't last forever. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, Jake, what's yours? Mine is 24 years ago uh, in 1999. It was the J- Japan release, but we're going to roll with it. Dino Crisis <sighs> released. And Dino Crisis hit at a time where everything was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> not really. It was not the case, but I was a little kid, so everything was. Uh, yeah. Dinosaur stuff was at a high. We had Jurassic Park, The Lost World. Uh, survival horror, Resident Evil style stuff was at a high. We were in the thick of that. Resident Evil 1, 2, 3. Um, and Dino Crisis was just a perfect storm of that type of stuff. Uh, is it as good as the Resident Evil games? No. Um, the first one I think is the only one I actually really played, but it was very cool because it retained some of that tension and especially the early moments of that game, the way they build the fear of like the Raptors and everything yep. and the gore was just so great. Yep. Um, the, the, you know, the, the main character, not as memorable, but just, it, it was and it's a, it's one of the few of those types of games that I just never went back and replayed. So I could be totally rose-colored glasses nah, with this. No, 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 But it was, it was, it was special. Uh, I like, yeah, I mean, I refuse to believe that's not being remade. Like, I refuse to believe. I'm, I, like, I would bet my life savings on the idea that right now Capcom are working, there's a team there working away remaking this game. Because imagine not remaking this game. Can you imagine just leaving it there, all the potential this IP has, and not doing anything with it? Come yes. on, man. So, like no, no way. No, no, no. There's, there's, there's people working on it, man, and I don't want to hear otherwise, okay? Don't upset me. It's, I can't, Let him dream, I can't Tam. Do it. I can't I'm do not it. taking it away from you. I hope it. I hope it's happening. <laughs> mm. uh, mine, just because, you know, it's a game that I really, really enjoyed. And I just, I, it's just because I can't believe it's been that long, but eight years ago, Batman Arkham Knight. Oh, yeah. I can't believe Damn. it's been eight years already. It's Damn, wild. Sure. And I the one the one issue with Arkham Knight. There are a few issues with Arkham Knight. But the thing is, is that um Troy Baker at that time was in so many video games that I immediately recognized his voice. Who does so, he play in who does he play in it? The Knight. He's he's the Arkham The Knight. Oh, okay. But, al- but also there's right. like there is a, a twist to it too about, you know, the knight's true identity. And so I was like, well, got that. All right. Um 
But I just, I miss the Rocksteady Arkham games so much. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, what an incredible trilogy. I, 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 everyone always shits phenomenal. all over the car combat in that game. I had like, no problem with it. And I had everyone say, it was so terrible. They did the car. And I'm like, no. I thought it was fine. I don't, was like, fine. everyone's like, it ruined that game. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it why people no are so issue. hung up on it. I, and I actively like the 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 Batmobile mm. as a presence. I think the worst it gets is when it forces you to do the racetrack stuff. But sure. otherwise, sure, sure, I think sure. it's incredibly yeah. well implemented. Yeah, and I, I think I just got sick of some of the tank stuff after a while. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that they uh, made you fight uh, Deathstroke, but he's like in a tank. <laughs> it's like a car combat game. I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's not that bad, especially going I back. I still can't believe how good it looked. And looks oh, it still looks day. great. Incredible. incredible. On consoles. Incredible. On consoles. Yeah, on consoles. <laughs> it looked good on the uh, Less- on, on PC, but it just didn't work on PC. So yeah. 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 it's got yeah. the Street Fighter philosophy. Everybody has a sick ass <laughs> and cool, cool boobs. boobs. <laughs> <laughs> it, that is our t shirt. That is a t shirt, by the sick way. Ass <laughs> and cool sick boobs. ass and cool boobs. Uh, let the L's hit from the this floor. World. Whoever you are. <laughs> Uh, it also, we should it, genuinely like, be Knight, taking notes about these. Uh, yeah, yeah. Arkham Knight is interesting too because it also is like encapsulates. Uh, it, I, I'm pretty sure it's definitely Kevin Conroy at his like meanest version of Batman, mm-hmm. his yeah. grittiest version of mm-hmm. Batman. Like it's very mm-hmm. intense, and yeah. it's just kind of cool as like a like a unique snapshot because mentally because mentally he's kind of like coming apart but like he's going through yeah. some shit you know yeah and i yeah. really like yeah. that angle as well that like you know the joker in his head and just like that really worked for me a lot and uh, oh yeah I, I like that game like it really i don't i've never understood why it had such a rough reception and it's that kind of thing where like if i was in games media back then how would i have viewed it because like i wasn't working games and i just played it and i'm like there's rules and then yeah mm. so i don't know i maybe i should go back and play it one of these days it holds up see. really well yeah really yeah. really well yeah sure 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 yeah so anyway that was Man. another episode of the friends per second podcast thank you so much everyone for watching listening yeah uh, if you would like to leave us a nice comment rate review make us feel good we appreciate you uh any yes. listener questions send them to uh contact at friendsperseconds.com uh, we'll go around the room. Tam, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on gamespot.com, Twitch, Tomorrow H, Twitter, Tomorrow H, and various other places. Thank you for joining us today, by the way, thanks Tam. For thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks, in, man. Tam. Thank you for having me. to have you here. Yeah. Always, a, always a pleasure. Yeah, because yeah, I never talk to you, ever. No. <laughs> this is a rare, a rare occurrence. A rare treat for uh, us. <laughs> Jake, what about you? Uh, you can find me on the internet, youtube.com slash Jake Baldino, uh, game rank sometimes and here, of course. Yes. Same, same with me. You'll find me on the internet. Chill up. You'll find me on the pages of the Final Fantasy subreddits, uh, being burned in effigy. So just look out for those posts. They're always a highlight. And, uh, otherwise you'll find me on Twitter and wherever else. So. Uh, I'm over at GameSpot, Giant Bomb. You can find me on Twitter, at least James Games. Thank you again for watching. Jake, take us away. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, uh, we're probably also going to end up on the Kingdom Hearts Reddit. We should edit that bit out. So instead of seeing all four faces at once, they yeah, just, just zoom in. Yeah. only shows that one face so that when it gets clipped, Target we're not him. in it, you yeah. know? I'll just say to those people, tie your big weird <laughs> shoes and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs>